Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 61. John, how are you doing? Recovering from Vegas weekend. Dude, wow. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about this in depth <laughs> for sure. I am doing um, my, like, half an octave of my high register. My voice is still completely gone. No shit. If anyone hears my voice crack or go out a little bit tonight... I am still recovering. This is what Friday night. Yes. A week after the fucking weekend, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm still fucked up. Uh, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing good. I, uh, still not recovering from it. I actually kind of been doing a lot of resting ever since, uh, the Vegas weekend, but yeah, it was a very busy weekend of wrestling that we had. Uh, I think there was a total of seven shows I went to. I think you went to about five, right? Uh, uh, ooh, four, five, four, four, four. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Just the excessive amount of yelling that I did was right. just copious, <laughs> copious amount of yelling. Um, blew me out by day four, that fourth show. I had yelled so much that I was blown by the second match and I was just stupid and kept going. Oh, uh, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like my boy Oliver was in the main event, so it's like, yeah, how are the, you not gonna second gen pro? Yeah, second gen pro. That was a good one, man. Um, I've never been to a second gen pro. I think that was their second show ever. Yeah, that's a different and promotion, like different name this time. That's why they changed it. I I liked it a lot, man. It looked really good. It did not look like a second show ever. Yeah, it was like uh, the whole like the whole weekend. Uh, even the shows outside of GCW, we're kind of covering a lot of uh, shows that cover or we're talking about right now. A lot of shows that happen at the FSW Arena. Um, and they had shows FSW versus GCW there. They had a couple other local uh, promotions there, kind of do little one-off shows and just kind of do like little spotlight shows here and there with a lot of the talent from GCW that came in town that weekend. And yeah, I went to all of them, and uh, you went to like about like we said four of them, and yeah, one a day. Yeah, and it was there was a lot of talent there and a lot of good shows, like even outside the GCW show that we will be covering tonight. But um, that will be the majority of our talk. But we will be sprinkling in. A little bit here and there, stuff that we saw uh, throughout the whole weekend, GCW related and talent related and everything else GCW related because there was a lot going on on uh, Memorial Day weekend out here in Vegas. Yeah, I've seen too much. My eyes are burning. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of oh, wrestling too goodness. where I was sitting like pretty much during the end of uh, Double or Nothing. I was just kind of like, yeah, this is it. This is a good time. I've had a, I kind of had my fill on wrestling uh, this last weekend to be nice to kind of just relax and then go back and watch it all and see how it all played off on TV, which was actually pretty good, especially the GCW lifestyle. That was, they, I think they mm -hmm. did a very good job capturing the energy the audience brought throughout the whole broadcast of GCW's lifestyle, which I'm glad to see because a lot, because obviously AEW, not, double nothing, a lot of people were talking to that, but the fans, how they were kind of quiet, where there it was actually pretty loud, not too, there was its quiet points, but like it got a lot of, Vegas got a, Knock for being a bad crowd for double or nothing, but I think we definitely turned GCW into an A plus town for uh, Vegas for sure by the energy that the crowd brought that night. Dude, okay, I'm gonna kind of double what you just said here. The crowd was on fire the whole night, and you're right, it did come across on TV. It was max capacity allowed in the building. Um, it was even acknowledged by Nick Gage the next night on the FSW versus GCW show. He came out and said that the fans the night before stole the show. That was a quote. It was also mentioned all over the internet. It was obviously apparent to fans watching at home. 
Um, for me, the one memorable moment that I'm going to remember out of all of this, and I think it looked really good on TV, was where we cheered the hell out of Gringo, Commander, and Vikingo. Before the match even started. Yeah, and I'm going to say the same thing with Nick that Nick Gage said here. Um, it, it applies to this spot. The fans made that moment special. So that's the... Um, that's just a little bit. Our weekend experiences were just off the chain. Um, I had a great time. We tried to help out GCW and talent as much as possible. We tried to facilitate a fun environment despite the heat. We tried to give the talent absolutely as much love as we could. Um, you know how it is. I actually brought cold waters and Gatorades for some of the talent in a uh, in a cooler because sometimes we like to go over and bs near my car and whatnot so i'll tell you what when you're in this vegas sun it's 100 105 you're sweating you just got through a match that you know you feels like a um a marathon it's really nice to have a cold gatorade and a cold water so these things matter um i didn't know how much to do this publicly effie kind of shared quite a bit of it but i had some talent over to the house I don't really post pictures and I don't really share stories personally unless what was online was kind of shared. So, yeah, um, I got a message that I needed to pick up a performer and then another performer got a hold of me. Um, Ratty, he's been over to the house before. And then next thing I know, there's more. So the ones that were mentioned were Ratty, Effie and Manser. So. Yeah, we hung out in the jacuzzi. We took it easy. I am the reason that um, he got that sunburn. We were talking in depth about a lot of things. We held kayfabe corner in the jacuzzi and we got real. Um, I like the name no, of that seriously. podcast. We should do a side podcast, kayfabe corner. Kayfabe corner where we just really talk it out. No, it was just, um, you know, there's a lot of things I hold inside sometimes that are opinions that... It's like a preacher, man. Like, I felt better telling him. Like, I don't know why. It's like, hey, I don't sometimes feel like my opinion here or there should go out to the public because I don't know, whatever reason. But, you know, like the one opinion I expressed with Effie that I thought was really important was the one that we spoke of earlier where, hey, if uh, if there's going to be a women's champion. Now, this is just me talking my opinion. And it's someone who's really killed themselves for GCW, stuck in there through thick and thin, has always been there, who, you know, done everything that needs to be done to call themselves a complete GCW performer. That would be Allie. And we talked about that for a while. I also was able to look Manser dead in the eyes and tell him that after the Ric Flair tournament, uh, after he won that, what was it, a Rumble? Bunk what do they call that? Battle Royale, I think. Bunkhouse. Yeah. I told him after he won that, I don't understand how in the hell he didn't get propelled to the top of the food chain at GCW. Now, again, these are things I'm telling you we talked about. I'm not telling you what they said back. I'm not telling you the opinions because, but um, we did have a good time. I was really proud of myself because, again, Effie does not drink. Effie does not smoke. So Effie no got a shirt. <laughs> exactly right. But Effie got a Shirley Temple. So I made him a... A nice little Shirley Temple, and um, he was a happy man. But um, yeah, we just tried to have fun. I tried to make everyone comfortable. But yeah, a lot of it was they just needed a landing place for a small amount of time, and I was able to get them fed, get them some water. Um, quite a few of them just needed some rest, and that's what uh, that's what the house is for. So 
everybody appreciated it. It was a nice little love fest. But um, outside of Effie, I think posting one picture with Mance by the pool with the dogs, there are no other public shots. I don't like to take them. I don't like to. But I am sharing what Effie shared um, publicly so that we could talk about that. But yeah, we had. Well, who did he mention? He mentioned Prezak. Prezak was over. Effie, Manser, uh, Ratty. And I think that's all he mentioned. So that's all. But yeah, we had a good time, man. And um, wow. Okay. So yeah, that was that was that. Happy to help and we'll always be happy. But yeah, just trying to keep it trying to keep it on the down low as much as possible unless it's been mentioned. So Well, I know you talked about the pool because of the heat and everything. That's the one thing I yes. think I was about to start saying too is uh I we got lucky out here in Vegas this Memorial Day weekend because last year when we were at all these shows, because me and you went to almost the exact same mm-hmm. calendar last year, and it was just hot every venue we went to. And this year, wedding, yeah, this year, luckily, like the the heat was under control this year. I don't know if it was wasn't as hot as before or if it's venues, just not as hot. Yeah, that's it was kind of nicer weather yeah. Rob, actually these last couple of weeks too. But that was the one thing I was so grateful for was the weather cooperating and not making some of these shows unbearable so that's actually something that i remember from last year this is part of my memory from double or nothing last year was i sat there in the chair nice and comfortable cushy air conditioning i could lay my head back and relax i'm like this is the perfect way to end a weekend is just sitting in air conditioning and watching the the show like because there was just so much heat yeah the weekend is so much sweating the double or nothing is like you earned the air conditioning you've earned to sit here and you know so i remember that from last year i really am kicking myself i didn't go to the pay-per-view this year so if we're fortunate enough to have them come around again i i think that's going to be worth going to but i need to pace myself on matches man (laughs) i mean on shows because wow but every single one i went to so we went to fsw legends rise since we're not covering that we can at least talk about for just a second um Future Stars of Wrestling put on Legends Rise. It was performers 25 and under, and it was a tournament-style setting. I believe that's on Fight Plus, right? Yeah. I was actually okay, watching there you it, go. Uh, during the weekend. No shit. Guys, there's a lot of people on that that are fucking awesome. Off the top of my head, Starboy Charlie, uh, Billy Starks, Alec Price, Jordan Oliver. Um, 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 was, gosh. Starboy, I think, right? Yeah, Starboy, I think I mentioned. I'm not sure. But that was a fantastic show. And again, it was tournament style. So if you could figure out how the tournament worked, uh, you're going to you're gonna find it quite enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, that was my one little thing being there. We didn't really hear how the tournament was going to work with no brackets or any of that stuff. So it made it kind of confusing for us. We're like, wait, <laughs> yeah. didn't he already wrestle? And now, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it was weird. But the talent was good. Like, I, I like the whole concept and everything. And I thought the talent that they picked was very good too. Cause yeah, we saw I got the quick roster right here. It was Jordan Oliver, um, um Alec Price, Titus Alexander, Starboy, Charlie, oh, Billy yeah. Starks, Matt Vandegrift, Jarrett Diaz. That's a new name that we heard, the King guy. Or no, no, Jared Diaz, Diaz. was the Miami guy. Or the Diaz, New York guy. Okay. Diaz was awesome. Yeah, he had the I liked him a lot. Yeah, he had like the the New York Mets closers uh, song that I think it's Peppas or something like that. I don't know. That's how often I listen to music. Um, Richard King, he was the one that had the Adonis? yeah, the Adonis one. I loved him. He was He's cool, the one yeah. who pointed me out during the next gen show, and I did the <laughs> did you see me do yeah. the Zane? Uh-huh. I did the ah. 
I he was a good one. I liked him. I like to see where his future goes because he's got a good look. Um, Robert Martyr. Martyr showed up pretty good. Love too. Robert Martyr. That motherfucker knows how to wrestle. Yeah, he had a lot of good performances. Um, Hunter James, Eli Knight from Culture Inc. That was, I think, the biggest. The one name that stuck out to Eli. me all weekend was Eli Knight. Um, throughout all the shows I went to, that was so cool. Finally, get to uh, get to seeing um, him in person. Hopefully, we get to see the whole Culture Inc. out here as a whole group uh, one day soon. And then the last one, the Vegas's own Bodie Young Prodigy for Legend Rise. A lot of great matchups too. They had a really good. That yes. was a good show. That was a good way to kind of start off this whole weekend. Well, it was nice because we had the GCW people, we had the FSW people that we know deliver every single show. Um, then we had outside talent come in, and the outside talent was fantastic. Like I said, I saw Adonis. Like, dude, he was so good. I went up to Diaz later. I think it was backstage, and I had a chance to talk to him. I said, listen, man, we watch a lot of people. I'm just letting you know there is so much cool shit you did. I cannot wait to watch you again. Like, I was really impressed with you. I think you have a good look, and I can't wait to see you more. And he's like, thank you so much. You know, of course, a lot of them are very, very nice people. So um, that's what came across to me was just like, there's so much fucking young talent. Oh, and yeah. they're going to get picked up. They're going to get picked up. And most of them are. Yeah, that, that was a fun show. Like I said, I did like the whole concept of it just in person. It would have been nice if it was like just a little bit more clearly laid out of how it would work. But I really enjoyed the that whole tournament aspect of the young talent. Um, Matt Vandergriff did win. The one thing that stuck out for me, the whole the uh because I got to see at least five minutes of Vandegrift versus Oliver. That's a matchup I've been dying to see here in Vegas one-on-one. Yeah. That was kind of like the last two in the Fatal 4-Way in the finals. And uh, Vandegrift did win, becoming the new Future Legend uh, champion, as he is sponsored also by Future Legend. So I thought that was a pretty cool moment for him, because he does so many great things out here in Vegas uh, with all his talent. That's the one talent out here I, I'm surprised hasn't been signed yet, but at least I get to... I know he's working out with a new Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Matt is, so uh, it was a nice seeing Vandegrift winning that belt that night. Matt will deliver. That's just the best way I can put that, because there hasn't been a bad Vandegrift match out there. Damian Drake, always delivered. Cannot say a bad thing about him either. Yeah. Yeah, FSW showed up nicely, and I'm really happy that... Uh, they were able to, able to represent themselves so well in this. Yeah, and I want to do this now before I forget. Um, we'll probably do it multiple times throughout the show, too. Uh, big shout out to Joe DeFalco, FSW owner. They had yes. a great weekend at the FSW arena with all the talent and the way they uh, took care of the fans, too. They, they made sure that we sat together, which is something that he didn't have to do, but he kind of mentioned mm-hmm. it. He did it, too, did it for us. Um, there was uh, Stephanie got great pictures because of the fact that DeFalco gave us such a good spot to sit yeah. there. Like Stephanie, um, she, I mean, 28 seconds ago, she's still rolling out pictures from uh, FSW versus GCW too. <laughs> right. Like she's still on her quote unquote second show of pictures. Like that's how far and how deep she's in. So um, yeah, we had fantastic seats the whole time for everything. And he really did take care of us very well. So um, yeah, same here. Thank you so much. I really do feel, especially for me, he bent over backwards to make all of us comfortable and happy. And I just wanted to say that uh, publicly, I'm so super thankful. And if I didn't already, I definitely want to maybe send him a message here privately and tell him the same thing because yeah, he was, Oh no, I did definitely for sure. He's, he's, I'll say if not, I could tell him tomorrow. Cause uh, my son will be back at wrestling school tomorrow. So 
Joe might. Be. Yeah, you t- you know what? You get all stern faced and you say, "John's got a message." <laughs> Scare the shit out of. Him. Yeah, and then you're like, "Hey, you know, I think he's got a pretty good handle on my kind of a personality." Yeah, he's, yeah. There's not really going to be a lot of aggression there. Yeah, there was a right. lot of stuff GCW brought to the Vegas, and uh, like I said, I Future Stars Wrestling, FSW, Joe. GCW, they killed it. All the talent, all the shows we went to outside of just the one we're going to cover now. It was awesome. It was it was it was an awesome weekend. Like all the talent was very friendly and um more than willing approachable to, yeah, kind. Yep, that's what I just say more than willing to take time and sit there and have conversations with us and uh talk outside of like the whole meet and greets and the merch tables and stuff. I thought that was uh, pretty cool of everyone too as well. You know what? Um, maybe this isn't mentioned enough, but one thing that I noticed this year that wasn't last year, more merch tables. Oh, my, That's a good thing for tables. everyone. That's a good sign for all the performers. That means that they're making enough that they're out there now making their own merch. Or, I mean, they're popular enough to make their own merch. That means they're making money. That means we have more choices. I mean, that's a good sign for the company also. To see yeah. so many performers out there at least getting that merch money coming in also and those lines like i, I want to like no sh- like no disrespect to any other other wrestlers but like man the three merch tables i saw the the lines for uh bussy by kingo and maki ito had like the longest lines after that gcw I get it. show for for all their merch it was crazy oh okay so merch Behind me stands, or stands behind me stands. What a Zoya Rec was at the house. I didn't have her sign. Um, I still don't have Yamashita's yet. That that hurts. I really want Rena's signature. I've got Maki. She yeah. See, last fantastic. year she was out all the time. Everywhere I saw her, every show I was at, she was out there talking with everybody. Like, but this year, yeah, we didn't see her at all. This year, outside, out, out of like walking around during the matches yeah. and stuff like that. That was a. That is one name that too like I would definitely want to get to because she's not out here as often. Oh, and I got a sweet hat from Nick Gage. That was really cool. This, it says to John and shit on it. Did Steph ever tell you the secret on that? No. We were trying to do this. Uh, she was trying to do it secretly, so she told she told my wife yeah. and then like and me. And so like we were trying to keep you away from uh, yeah we were trying to keep you away from finding out the signature to after the happened That's and then you end up was. walking up right as it's happening like oh there goes that plan because uh he's right here as it just got signed <laughs> look i had to because i hadn't had a chance to just say hi to nick and i was like i gotta go over and say hi to nick real quick hey nicky <laughs> take his hand thank you so much and then i saw everything and he goes here you go man well it was like, like oh per- my gosh it was the perfect timing for when, yeah. when she went to go get it because you were uh, talking with Brett at that time when that all wow. that was going down. Yeah, I had a good talk with Brett. Um, yeah, I'll say that we had a good talk with Brett. Everybody's happy with each other. Um, okay, so, uh-oh, I don't know what's what's going on, man. You uh, don't look thrilled. TOS just got ruined for me. That's what just happened. Oh, no, They just really? announced, like, the third... Uh, Triple triple threat matchup. Okay. And it's not Miedo or Ciclope. So that means they're going to be going against each other, not in the finals, which is like, that was the one thing I was really looking forward to was the finals of Ciclope right. versus Miedo. Oh, well, sorry. No, that's fine. I need to go back. You were saying toss three. Yeah, they just. Uh, oh, you know what? I see right here. Toru Segura. Yep. Joey oh, Janela. no, no, no. I'm, I'm looking at something. Yeah. No, it's Segura, uh, Harada, and Janela for the third matchup. So that obviously oh, leaves, yeah, Ciclope. Miedo and I believe it's John Wayne Murdoch for the last uh, last of that matchup. Wow. Incredible. No. There's 
there's so much going on that right. just happened and there's so much we have to talk about like it's it's incredible um is there anything else out of this weekend that i mean just like party stuff fun stuff nothing that's really worth crazy mentioning um we mentioned fsw how they were kind to us the falco was awesome we mentioned that um i don't know should we just go on to the show at this point kind of thing like actual lifestyle show yeah we can i can't think of anything it. else neither can i that's what i was trying to think of real fast i couldn't think of anything either dude okay no lie i'll tell everybody it's all a haze i can't remember a damn thing if yeah i was so tired and there was just so much fun going on and uh we had a good time so started off like we always do emil comes out i'm in vegas he yells it out like crazy. Emil opens the show. We're on hard cam the whole night in the bottom right corner. Oh, so yeah. You can see me and my wife and my son there. Um, B, you're basically off to our left. So you don't show up too often, but you do show up <laughs> in some very important parts. Well, it's the highlight of my weekend. Dude, yeah. So um, a lot of listeners and a lot of nice people. I'd, I'd have to say that it was so many familiar faces. I, I, you can agree too. You met yeah. quite a few people, Arizona, Arizona in the house. I love to call him Arizona. Raleigh. Yeah. Raleigh brought, um, brought a couple of his friends out and like two of them were the, their first time ever going to a, I think death match or GCW show. I forgot which one he said. First time a death match. I, Ooh, that's a good question. I can't remember now. Yeah. Well then like at the end too, there was like a, uh, I'll go over at the end too, but yeah, there was a lot of lot of faces we did see. Like, I actually kind of at one point I was like, I got like sidetracked on three side conversations because three people came up to me as I was like talking to someone else. I was like, what the yeah. what is happening here? Like, what is going on? Like, oh yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. I haven't seen you since last year, so it wasn't a nice scene, as you said. A lot of familiar faces and um, a lot of kind words being tossed our way, and it was nice seeing even the faces that we don't really talk to, but we see at all these other shows, seeing them at the. Vegas show was uh, nice as well. Well, it's just nice to get a lot of thank yous. Nice to get a lot of hugs. A lot of people we haven't seen in forever. A bunch of new people now that have numbers. Like, everything went beautifully. We were hot. We were sweaty. But at least we all did it together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know another way to put it. Um, everyone just basically looks like they're a step closer to where they want to be. Like, that's what I'm really happy to see. Last year at this time, you know, I Ratty had, was more of a hungry kid. And I had the idea of this podcast happen at a rampage. Like, <laughs> so I was like waiting in the middle of a rampage show. I was like, really? I should do the GCW podcast. And that's when, uh, yeah, that's when Kevin Gill's like, hey, we are the only, I'm, the, I'm doing one right now, but that's the only one I know of. And we don't do it often. Go on ahead. The floor, yeah. like, it's all your area. Floor your is yours. Go ahead. So uh, that's so, kind of what started off this whole podcast, too, is uh, from last year. Another little memory from last year's Memorial Day weekend shows. So you know what? I think outside of maybe a show or two, we've never talked about how this whole thing came about. Yeah, pretty much. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, man. Ah, so uh, Let's see. so you, you came up with it and you, you came up with it at Rampage. Well, and then where did it develop from there? I was, uh, I've been, like, my wife was telling me to do a podcast for a while, too. I think she was just tired of hearing me talk to her about GCW nonstop. <laughs> so she's like, go find someone to talk to, start a podcast, go do <laughs> go do that. So I was like, eh, well, whatever. But then. Sounds like my wife. <laughs> I was like, it was in the middle of Rampage. I think it was, like, in between, like, Rampage and Dark. So they changed the ring out and stuff. And I was just like, 
I should really do this podcast. Like, I want to do it. I want to talk. I, I just started listening to wrestling podcasts, too, like last year at this time, too. Like, you know what? Like, I could actually, like, I think I got a lot of knowledge for the GCW stuff. And, like, we'll still kind of stick to that lane now. And, like, that's the one I know probably the most of anyway. Um, other than, like, AEW, because that's why I was at the AEW show, because I've been there since day one as well with them. But, uh, yeah, and then, like I said, I was, like, I reached out to... Um, it was actually Righteous Reg and Kevin Gill were running the Game Changer Weekly podcast um, on Bodyslam.net and with um, Cass and they were they just started it like they 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 had it and then it went away they had it and then like they came back and it was like very like very like kind of like how our last few shows are they were like go a month uh, without recording anything and I was just like man I want more content I want more content I couldn't find it out there and I. Uh, um, I forgot I even like how I reached out to KG or something like that. I think I said I was I was interested in starting a GCW podcast. I know you guys got yours. Like I wouldn't mind. I know I'm a nobody. Wouldn't mind coming in and just spitting my GCW knowledge and interacting with you guys and talking and kind of help be, helping be a part of your guys' show. He's like, dude, we don't record often. We, we don't really have anything in place. I'm not in charge of this one, but the other guy is, and I haven't heard much. He's like, if you want it. I would just start my own and then just take off because there's no one out there in the way of you guys other than us. And like, he, he was like, and ours isn't a constant thing. I was like, you know what? Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's the opening. And that's the one, like the light bulb went off. And this was, as I said, before I knew you and <laughs> found out that you were sitting right by me in all these Memorial day weekend shows from last year that we, I was at <laughs> all by myself at all these shows. And uh, crazy, yeah. crazy coincidence. And then I think I tweeted way. out like right afterwards. I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm thanks for starting this podcast. Anybody interested in want to talk GCW?" And you reached out, and shit, found out that <laughs> you live five minutes from my house. You went to all the same shows. Dude, you were right here. You were we right. Could have been between. around the world, <laughs> right? You could have been in India, and I could have been here, or I could have been in Pittsburgh, and you could have been in Houston. The odds of two people wanting to start a podcast at the same time. For the same company and being this company nonetheless too and it all working out the way it did is still like the numbers are beyond me it's still so interesting and then like i said like you said you went back and you found out we were pretty much sitting together damn near the whole time yeah didn't know it yeah you were like so at the gcw show last year memorial day weekend it was um my friend no it was my wife me my friend uh, that we brought, and then we end up meeting uh, the people I'm in the group chatting with from Arizona, um, Raleigh and Gabe, and their friends next to us. And then you were on the other side of them, but like I yeah. didn't interact with yeah. you that night. I didn't know you, and like whatever the people next to us, like we interacted because like they, I, I said like one thing, and they heard like, oh, like you know GCW. I'm like, yeah. So like I talked GCW with them all night, and I was like, this is awesome. I got someone that knows just as so much as I do about <laughs> GCW and wants to talk about it. And like I was like, this is what the podcast could be. This is fun. I, I can I yep. can get used to this. And then yeah, you were end up three chairs away from them even. So it's just kind of funny how uh, a year later, like I'm pretty good friends with them now. I spent the whole collective weekend out with them. I'm running the podcast with you now. And yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, just a crazy how everything just lined up all the stars at that time. And where it's led to now, pretty much a year later, um, it's been nuts. Yeah. As you said, like, I was like, I started off this first, what, five, six episodes of this podcast by myself, just kind of fucking talking and just kind of learning how to do this whole yep. podcast. Your first five. I came on at number six. Six. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. 
yeah, just trying to struggle at figure, try to get some stuff going on before you hopped on uh, at yeah. that moment and kind of figure stuff out. And yeah, that's kind of how it started. Literally a year from the Vegas Memorial Day show last year is when uh, the whole podcast idea popped in my head and came to fruition. And then it's that's why I told my wife too. Like at that moment when I had like the five people around me, like I was talking, I, I, I'm not used to that. Like I'm not used to being like in the middle, like trying to talk to three people at once. So I'm like, right. Right. Like, it's just funny seeing the, like the people that I've met at that show. Cause at that show, those people I was talking to. And then at the LA shows, then through the podcast, all the people we've met, the Vegas shows are just like crazy to think a year ago, I'm just by myself at these shows. want to enjoy the shows, meet Jordan, get some merch and get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. And now I'm staying back and we're, we're talking with the wrestlers. <laughs> we're interacting, we're interacting with other fans and people remember us and came up and caught us out of like, it's just, it's just crazy for me, my personality and the way I am to think of how crazy a year has, uh, has changed has changed me which i think for the good uh break me out of my rigid rock there for a little bit <laughs> well no it's a good thing that's why it's kind of cool too because you're more laid back and i'm more get out there and you know uh, you know you're like well you know i don't know and i go i'm gonna go out there and throw that <laughs> rock at something and see what happens um yeah it's really nice now to go in and see i don't know how many front row seats there were but i don't know what was it in our little section each like 20 24 front row seats per section yeah about that yeah, so 24, 24, 24, that's, let's just say for fun, 75, and then an additional where, uh, so let's just say out of 100, it was really cool to know a good chunk of the front row in one way or another, if you think about it, because there were podcasters everywhere, there were listeners that we were running into, there were, you know, faces, you got like screwball, guys like that that are out there that are just familiar faces that we're so happy to see i know you that's know, one face i will see no matter what wrestling i go to I know i'll <laughs> see him because i meet him obviously have the similar taste of wrestling honestly i think when they put up the ring they actually get like a thing like for bas- pumping up basketballs and they just blow him up like <laughs> i'm gonna have to check for a pulse i don't know if he's real i mean like he he comes with the shell it's really cool and i don't know how many have had a chance to but he is one of the nicest guys so if you have a chance, definitely say hi to Screwball if you see him because, yeah, he's at every show. And if you like shows like this, you're going to see him. So, yeah, another one, Wendy. Yeah, Wendy is at all the Southwest shows that you're going to see. Um, Hot Tub Guy, you're going to see him at a whole ton of shows in the Southwest United States. So, I mean, it's just so nice to see all these people. You know, it's the regulars, a lot of old friends. We got a lot of love from everyone you know, smiles ear to ear all weekend. Love hearing from other people. Hey, keep it up. I listen to you. You know, um, I had a couple of people here that I actually thought that was worth mentioning because it was fun. Ezra Vickery, it's a gentleman that's on Twitter. He mentions us and talks all the time. Fucking cool guy. I wanted to mention him. Gusset Plate, he was at the freaking show. I, um, I had you talk to him for just yeah. a minute. His friend is awesome as hell. I never remember his friend's name, but it's always easy to remember. Gusset Plate. <laughs> the um, Las Vegas sign lady, if people outside of Las Vegas doesn't know, there is a lady. She has been making signs for the longest time. I believe she's 34,000 signs in. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I have her 34,000. She made a GCW oh, cool. sign gave it to me and i told her i would not take her sign unless she signed it because i think she's an absolute sweetheart and she's a staple 
in Las Vegas. Harold Guerrero, I just wanted to mention you just for a minute because this guy, when we first started, he was the one that would constantly like our stuff. Constantly. Very nice guy. So I just wanted to mention that. And actually, when it comes around New Year's and whatnot, I will message him and be like, dude, you are so kind. Thank you so much. And he always says something nice back. So I wanted to mention them. Um, over half of the GCW performers that we had a chance to talk to, 100% of them, 100% of them were fantastic. The GCW staff, GCW Scott. security, and ownership of GCW were absolutely kind to us. Yeah, shout out to Scott. What a cool son of a bitch. I like him, dude. Yeah. You know what? He doesn't get enough kudos. You know, this is his moment right here. Thank (laughs) you, Scott. We appreciate you. And actually, I told him I'm trying to get like a nice picture of him when he crouches down and stuff. Yeah. Because I think he deserves it. That's his thing. Yeah. I I, I was like, that was the one thing about uh, Collective Week. And I was I talked to him a little bit more than I've ever have that weekend because he was always like right by me. But he's uh, like super nice and uh, always like takes care of you but always checks in on you like hey how you guys doing how you been like he was i I love talking with him he was he was nice and it was nice seeing him again as you said uh gus had played nice meeting him and uh yeah i didn't i don't think i met ezra i think you were away when no 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 yeah ezra actually he's just on twitter between him and nate farley that's another one you've probably seen him a hundred times but it was just we've done this so much people are really starting to pay attention we're getting like our numbers are just fantastic and we can't be more just we can't be happier yeah so i'm really happy after this weekend we had some fantastic talks with gcw ownership we had some fantastic talks with talent i mean just everything went right and then again like i said defalco making sure that our experience was decent and um that was just fun so if I can think of anything else about this experience that flows to the top of my head, great. But again, I just, we were tired. We were sweaty. My voice didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely a haze. Um, yeah, man, that's my long talk. It was just crazy to think when I was talking about the whole, like the podcast and the whole, it's been a year. So I, I got, got, got a little choked up. I like, thinking about like, just thinking about like, last year's Memorial Day weekend show compared to this one is just like, yeah, seeing it was just crazy to yeah. seeing like all the interactions and different people that we were able to talk to, and like I said, walking around and being known. Yeah, like like I said, like I was I don't know who I was talking to. I think I was talking, um, to the one guy I met last year at the show was a, a tight spot, and then like I said, like three other people came. I'm like, hey, yeah, nice to see you. Like, oh shit, you're yeah. here too. Like, hey, what's up, man? It was like it was weird. Like that's something that. I'm not used to it. I usually go to the shows by myself and just chill and just enjoy and go. And then to be able to take it in and be a part and talk with and meet up with a lot of the the fans and other friends that we met with uh, over the year of doing this podcast. I thought that was like thinking back at it now, like I said, it got me a little uh, little choked up there. I yeah, like, it was yeah. pretty, uh, pretty awesome thinking about back about since the year has been since uh, we started the podcast and everything. Like it was it was kind of cool, like seeing it all just it's a hard it all climb. <laughs> No, it's good. It, it's a hard climb. There's a lot of work involved in it. And anybody who wants to know, feel free to be involved <laughs> at any time, man. Yeah, I've I've done this a hundred times, but I, I think on average about nine to ten hours. So if we have two shows a weekend, that's twenty hours. That's a part time job. It's just that that's what it is. It's uh, you know, a three hour show will take me about four and a half to five hours to do notes on. And then you and I sit down. It can be four to five hours for us to record a two, three hour show. 
just like that. We're at 10 hours. Yeah. Just like that. So yeah, we hope that everybody loves it as much as we love to record it. It is hard sometimes and it is difficult because it's a lot of work, but we try really hard. So I only mention this now because if we miss some episodes, please don't kill us. It is really difficult. Like I said, so if we get four shows behind, that's a full works week of work. That's 40 hours of work. It's hard. So we were so excited with say this weekend. We're like, we need to jump on it because here comes TOS. Yeah. That's why I mean, we skipped yeah. a couple shows. Cause we had like, like we said, we were busy all week this week. That's why there was no podcast last week. Cause we were enjoying all the wrestling. And then, uh, yeah, we got TOS coming up this coming up weekend. So if we happen to find time, we might go back. If not, like you said, it is a long work to kind of go back. Maybe we could do a quick, like a quick recap and just like how we did a couple, but it is a lot of work. Re-huffle. So we just might. <laughs> I just looked at the schedule coming up too for GCW, and mm-hmm. yeah, they just keep going and fucking going. So uh, it is yeah. never ending over here. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to you about formats at some point down the road too, because maybe we can find a way to ease up and just have more fun talking. That's what I'm saying. Maybe we just sit down and get together and just natural. Boom. Maybe we sit down and watch TOS three. You know, just sit down yeah. together and Since I won't boom. be able to get my Cyclope versus Miedo. That'll be the only way I'll be able to see it on a TOS. <laughs> God damn. You know, that's cool though. It's good that you have that on on record though, too, because you know, that's before any injuries, you know, because everybody ages as they go along. And yeah. You know, there's some good years there for those boys and yeah, they're just putting on such good work i always just pray for miedo's freaking shoulder shoulder there i feel so terrible and the dude just keeps working he's awesome yes he's awesome okay (laughs) well and now we'll get into the real part of the show Jeez. all right so we are going to be covering gcw's lifestyle from the silver nugget casino in las vegas nevada and our opening match in typical gcw formats is the six-way scramble the competitors this time was the prize city og alec price billy starks damian drake jimmy lloyd matt vandegrift and sam stackhouse and it's cool seeing Sam Sackhouse, but I know I, I uh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's good. We're on the same spot. Yeah, that's our same. Being the last right name here. I read, that was the first note. thing that stuck in my head. That's the truth, though. I am so freaking happy to see him back in a GCW ring. And I love the um, Bam Bam Bigelow outfit of his too. That was the one thing dude. that stood out to us. Um, personally, Sam is so fucking cool. Um, he is one generally nice guy. Um. I stick by the fact I've never asked for an interview and I still haven't. He would love to come on sometime. He'd love to come on sometime. And I'm really looking forward to it to me. And I'm just personally, if you've ever seen a kid that has happy eyes, that he's going to go do something. That's the kind of reaction he has when you tell him something like, we love what you do. He's just genuinely happy. Yeah. And that makes me happy. And to see someone with that almost kid-like or childlike happiness in his eyes, um, I don't know. It just gives me a good warm feeling inside. And so I wanted to mention that up front, even with a smile, that he made me so happy to see that inside he is just such a nice guy. So (laughs) I feel like I'm talking a lot tonight, man. I'm so sorry. There's so much that went on. Yeah, um, this was a star-studded scramble, as always. Um, 
that it was cool seeing two locals, Matt Vandegrift, which we have seen in GCW yeah. before. Damian Drake, I don't think we've seen him in GCW. I think this was his debut. Um, Who's that? Damian, Damian Drake? Drake? Yeah, I think that was his debut for Ooh, GCW. that's worth looking up. I know Vandegrift. I'm sure. going to do this. Uh, yeah, that was a f- crazy scramble. I really enjoyed, though, the typical scramble form, though. Everyone had their time to shine, and they all killed it. And the crowd was hot right from the get-go um, for this scramble. I remember just... Before the show started, how the crowd was just screaming and yelling during all the entrances. It was, it was great. Like, it's a good feeling seeing the Vegas crowd that hype because uh, at the last Vegas show we saw, it was kind of Vegas or GCW slash um, VXS, and it wasn't a lot of people at the FSW arena for that show. So I was kind of mm-hmm. a little worried about how the energy in the crowd would turn up for the Vegas show. But yeah, they came in, say, not saved the show, but stole it and reclaimed vegas as a a a town for gcw so in um we'll just go backwards a little bit here in um september 4th of 2022 he was in a six-way scramble this was uh gcw paranoid at the ucc we have january 4th 2022 this is the clusterfuck battle royal joey janela's spring break six part two um, the furthest I think I see back, and don't quote me, I'm sure there may be more. I have May 30th. Uh, oh, no. I have April 8th of 2021. Listen to this. The unguided defeat. That's young true. dumb. Young dumb. Oh, okay. Young dumb. Charlie Tiger and Ellis Taylor. So that's roughly the oldest that I can see. Oh, uh-huh. I didn't Just know he kidding. was in there. I got one. I got I got a six way here. I'm so sorry. I always say this is the old one. And then, yeah, I've got a six way here. It looks kind of interesting. I've got uh, KTB defeats Damian Drake, Eli Everfly, Jimmy Lloyd, Matt Vandegrift and Nate Webb. Look, um, Vandegrift and Damian Drake used to do so much stuff together and they're both dynamite. Yeah, I don't know any background. I don't know. Just, you know, um, they're just so damn good. And I'll tell you, man, if those two came together right now, holy shit. They're um they're to me they're the two best or the two of the best um talents in Las Vegas wrestling scene period right now it's just um those are the FSW did a great uh, a great choice yeah and if that wasn't GCW that said hey we want but I'm guess- guessing FSW said hey let's put our best up there that's damn they're so good yeah Alec Price Alec Price one of my personal favorites won you over yes he did yes absolutely. <laughs> I am definitely, uh, Billy Starks uh, with him. Yeah. It, you know, you were saying too, like he was just so cool with your kid at 4th of July. And yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a sour taste, like character wise, not like in person. I didn't know him in person at all, but character wise, when they were first comparing him to be like the next Jordan Oliver was like, let Jordan be Jordan. Now we don't need to somebody replace him already. Come on. Like he didn't even get right, his time in the right. spotlight. So that never, they're like, no F Alec price. It's Jordan's time now. So that's how it was for me for the longest time. But yeah, at 4th of July, when, uh, they asked my son to jump on the trampoline. I'm like, all right, Alec Price, you're cool. I'm I'm all down for you. And obviously in the ring, I've always loved his stuff anyway, but he just seems to keep nice on cat. improving. And yeah, exactly. Now being able to talk with him too, he's super nice as well. And super like soft-spoken and just wanting to have a good time and make sure other people are having a good time. That's what he was doing at the last LA show with my son was on the stage. Like my son was like, that was three. And Alec Price says 2.9999. Like, <laughs> joking around with him. So Alec Price is a very good dude. I'm glad to see him uh, being as, success- as successful as he is right now. And can't wait to see what the future holds for him. Um, Just for fun. My read on him is like, he's strong, uh, strong, like willed. He um, 
he's real. He speaks from the heart. I think he would fight for you and he'd cry with you. That's I think that's the best way I'd put him. And then again, you match all that with just being a genuinely nice guy. And um, I'm so happy that I had a chance to just BS with him and talk and uh, be looking forward to it again. Billy Starks in uh, this match was hopefully not one of her last appearances with GCW. I, I think once summer is over, is it AEW full time balls out or how's that work? I think she'll be still doing stuff because like she's uh, if if she's on that Ring of Honor contract, it's kind of they still let them go do uh, certain independent promotions. And but oh, she does good. have to kind of get approval, I think, from Tony on certain calls of to protect the wins and losses and stuff like that. But she had a crazy weekend, too, of, between all those. I think literally she was on every show I went to, her and Jordan. I know Jordan was because that's why, like, part of the reason I go to all those shows because Jordan's on there. But I'm pretty sure Billy Starks was at every single one of those shows as well. Yeah, Ring of Honor is raping GCW like WCW and WWF were doing to ECW back in the day. Yeah, but I'm glad. I know, I know. Maybe you don't have to jump on that, but. Well, I'm glad they're letting them go still opinion. work other places and not just yes. like oh you're and you're working ring of honor exclusively and then but they like run one show well they do their tapings like once a month if they're not doing it live. well i think they're about to go back with collision live but yeah that'd be pretty shitty of them to like say you know you can't work nowhere but we'll give you one one day a month to make your money here so it's i think that's that's the reason i loved AEW from the very get-go was they let all all their talent work anywhere they wanted to um as long as it was like still approved by him and like nowadays like if you don't have a program they're letting them like max casters all over the place still wrestling everywhere and other people Good. in aw too so i think billy starks and like blake christian and tony deppin or kind of think are on the similar contracts um for ring of honor as well well that's what i'm saying off the top of your head how many are over at ring of honor so you got Four, five blake christian mm-hmm. deppin billy i guess we could count vikingo commander uh huh Jack uh-huh. Hartwheel, Gringo Loco uh-huh. now. So I'm at eight. Yeah, so it's basically yeah. like GCW light. Yeah, and I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm down for it. You they, know, Gringo killed it with Vikingo in his debut Ring of Honor match. I thought that was, I think it's cool seeing people like Gringo, the ones that have been there, like the not the quote-unquote younger talent. He's the more veteran talent, and he's still getting time. And Shine in Ring of Honor, I think that's very cool because he's definitely earned it with all the work that we've seen in GCW alone, not counting Warrior, all the Lucha stuff he did in the past and everything else. I stand by my word. I'd love to see him walk out with some belts someday. I I think it would just make a much better entrance for Gringo if there's a belt on each arm. Yeah. So it's never a scramble without Jimmy. (laughs) I don't have a better way to put it. That's just the best way to put it. It is never a party without Jimmy in the building. The match started with everyone attacking Sam Stackhouse. Sam did that thing where he threw everyone off and they took and basically after that, he took out each competitor individually. Then we went out to singles matchups next. Everyone had a chance to shine in the first few minutes. Um, This is where I knew that we were having a good show. At one point, I can hear people in the crowd talking about how much action is going on. And it was in a good way. I would hear people like, I don't know where to look right now that's what i love to hear is when someone goes there's so much shit going on i don't know where to look first love that so that went on man and uh i i can't say it enough dude the crowd was so alive and they were so behind Stackhouse, so behind him yeah he was got a pretty big pop when he went against cardona out here in vegas as well <laughs> i love that i love that a lot um i don't know i'd like to see him go against a high flyer because it would be because first of all, Stackhouse can do some shit. 
Like, let's not lie for his size, especially he can do some shit and you put him up against somebody who might be a little flippy and also he can catch could makes for some really interesting matchups. I, uh, I noticed just like always, Alec was talking shit the whole time that he was wrestling. It, it was really good. It helps draw heat and it sounded fucking cool to hear someone talk shit and then deliver on it. Did you hear me? Cause I felt like I was the only one yelling this out when he did the one more time. Cause he's trash. I swear oh, to dude, God, I heard you. I felt like I was the only one screaming it. Cause I looked around and I'm like, what the fuck everybody? Come on. Like that's his one dude, thing. You we could all on with him. Yeah. I was like screaming at the top of my lungs. They're like, I literally looked around I'm like that was weak. That was the one, okay. one thing of Vegas. We need to get that chant down. Okay. So we'll talk about that for a minute. He did it twice too. You're right. You're <laughs> so good. You jumped on that. Okay. Here's what's up. We have watched these folks so much. We know what's coming right. just a little bit before it's coming. We, we see the setup in the corner. Yeah. Like we see how he turns around and then we see the bounce on the legs and we go, we know it's coming, you know? So I don't know if you remembered, but at Legends Rise, he went to do that, and you saw both of us put our yep. fingers up. Yep. And, and like we didn't want to yell it. I don't know what was going on, but both of us put our fingers up, and he looked down and kind of nodded, and then did this. Yeah. Shit. I'm like, yeah. Um, that happens with the clout cutter too. There was one time where I felt like shit. I think it was at Second Gen Pro where I'd lost my voice, and he does the with yeah. his hands to put his hands together, and generally I yell clout cutter, and he went put his hands together and nothing. And he looked over at me. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, my voice just shot him. <laughs> but um, that house was back in against a smaller price. He helicopters him with a pounce. One of my favorites, one awesome. of your favorites. The first five minutes I'd have to say went to stack house. I'm a big guy. I love his work. I'm not going to lie. I'm that guy who, yeah, the big one. I always like John candy. I always like John Belushi. Like, Chris Farley. I always like the big guys. Vandegrift has a lot in his arsenal and he took to the top rope for a huge dive to the outside. That was really the main spot for him. That was just beautiful. Speaking of beautiful Damien out there with this beautiful senton to the outside. Also, this happened back to back. I'm going to go back to price for a second. He was shining. I put that down towards the end of this match. Um, Felt like I got a special treat. I'm one of biggest, uh, one of his biggest fans, and I loved his work. It was, it was almost the Alec Price show in this match. Yeah. I think was the best way to put it. And that's what and I've kind of said the last couple scrambles he's been in, where he actually, I think he went back to back weekends and he won like both scrambles just recently. But I, and that might have been one of the shows that we didn't cover. But I wrote that in my notes. I was like, yeah, this is like. <laughs> Uh, the whole scramble, Alec Price, everyone gets their shit off, and then like it turns into a five-minute Alec Price show where he just goes nuts on inside, outside, inside, back outside. Like he's just jumping all over the place and causing havoc, and it's just it's fun to see that sequence too because he hits everything so good with it all. Um, I'll tell you right now, it's getting to a point where I'm not really knowing if he's gonna stay heel. He's got so much to him. I'm like, I don't know. Right now, he's a good heel. Yeah. That's a tough, it's see, a tough one. He could be a big baby face too. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm seeing. He's getting this chance to shine. How often is it you go, you take a heel and a scramble and let him shine? Ah, well, that's that. That's what makes me think he may turn faces because generally you don't put that on. You don't. Not a lot of bad guys win scrambles. And he's kind of doing a, the. Opposite. It's a hard way to start the the show. 
Yeah, that's sorry. true. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. What'd you say, man? He's kind of doing the opposite of what we've talked about what how we love how Blake's been doing with his heel work is mm-hmm. he's not doing those cool moves on purpose to get the heel heat where Alec Price is, yeah, it could be unleashing a little bit more to get more over with the fans. When he does fully turn, it'll just be even more incredible. And the fans can actually cheer all the cool moves. Because right now, like you get about half the reaction that you get to Alec Price moves just because he does work as a heel, but he has such cool moves as a like when he's doing them that you want to cheer he has for faith moves. Yeah, but you can't really cheer. That's what like we've kind of talked about the other these heels. It's like you can't really be a heel and do a bunch of cool moves because then the people are going to cheer for you. But as you said, Alex is doing it where I think it could be in his future because how he's just naturally and organically grown over these last few months to get oh, the crowd behind him everywhere. Not just out east, but everywhere the crowd is all over with uh, Alec Price. Okay, so I don't know how to market but I say market right now. Dude's going to be a face and it's going to be beautiful. I, I just, I don't know how. I just have a feeling he's going to come across like that fucking fighter. I don't know how it's going to go down. He'll grow even more into his body as he should. And I think he's going to come out as somebody that always has guts and grit. And when he comes out, I think it's going to be somebody we're always going to cheer on to just beat the piss out of whomever. He has an everyday man kind of uh, um, feeling to him. Like, we want to see him kick the shit out of that guy because that guy's the boss and, you know, that's our coworker. We want to see our coworker, Alec, kick the shit out of that asshole in the parking lot. I don't know. Um, like I said, I think with a face turn with him, it's when he saves the girl. I think that's how it's going to go. He's going to have to save a girl. He's going to have to have, he's going to have to go that route. And I don't know why, but I've never said that about many other people. I think that for some reason it would work with him. Don't know how, don't know why. Don't even know where the idea comes from. I think they need to put him on a one-on-one with Blake and fully like an AC. I want a one-on-one with Deppin. But that would be the way to battle the ego. Yeah. That would be a good one. But I think the like I, my way I would do it where I like Blake. I would just have Alec go against Blake and AC because Blake's gonna get the nuclear heat and Alec Price is gonna just pop off and now you Face, got the yeah. fans coming like seeing what he could really be with the fans cheering for him and then now the next uh-huh. place they go, they're gonna cheer for him even louder. So I, I think that's what the way they should go be. And like That'd be a good first competitor and first challenger for Blake if he ever does a uh, cash, uh-huh. cash in that brass ring. But um, you know, oh well, what? I got one. It 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 would be a weird one because I don't want a unification. But I think Blake and Jordan need to go at it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That 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 I think would be a good one. Um. On the Alex side of things, and since we mentioned Jordan for a second, did you see the picture that Al uh, that uh, Jordan put up with him and Alec? Yeah, we were talking about how that's they, a that'd fucking be a tag fun team. Tag. Yep, we were talking about that's, that. That's the next tag team after Nick Wayne's gone. Well, because we got the East Coast Ace, and then we've got the what do they call the the Beast Northeast Beast? Yeah, so you got the East Coast Ace and the Northeast Beast. Like, come on, you got to come up with something for that. And then at any time when, you know, Nick Wayne can come in, you can go back to East West. Yeah. I don't know. They need a name. They need <laughs> a name. They need a name because their bodies are very similar. They Young have that is. long. Yeah. And I do believe that they can both have a fair amount of attitude. This weekend, we saw a little attitude out of Oliver and boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I, I've forgotten how pissy and shitty and cocky he can be if he wants to. Oh, I yeah. yeah, that's that's impressive. <laughs> um, uh, da, 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 da. I was going to say something else about something else, but 
if it was important, I'll come back to it later. Uh, there was another spot here I wanted to mention. Billy had a springboard destroyer on Jimmy that took him that almost cool. completely out of the match. It was a fantastic spot. Vandergriff and Stackhouse face off again. This was a continuation of the first meeting in the beginning of the match. Um, basically, I think it was Vandergriff was standing and, you know, and then Stackhouse is right behind him. It Total, total bad guy, good guy kind of shit. That was uh, this is an awesome though. chance from the. Oh, it was great. It was well done. Like too. yeah, Vandergris facial reaction as he backing in and he felt he felt the girth of Sam Stackouts. He just looked like <laughs> oh shit. Oh, <laughs> like fuck. I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, Drake comes in for a huge DDT on Stackhouse. He had a great exchange with Alec at one point. Alec hits a kick to the back of Damien's head and he Surprise. gets free. So right there is where I. That's the move. I couldn't think of the name. Our winner in this match, Alec Price. I'm going to go ahead and say it again. It's in my notes. This was Alec's match. Um, he was prominently featured behind Stackhouse. I would say right after that would be Vandegrift and Damien. If you haven't seen much recently, you may want to go search out their work on FSW on Fight TV. FSW is on Fight TV, and you can go back through all of this. And there is a ton on there. When you look at both, and I'm just because they're in the match, but I'm going to say both Damian Drake and Matt Vandegriff, you're not going to see a bad match. And the fans love them. And they're going to be two people that I strongly feel have a, have a really high trajectory on them. And I think they're going to make it to somewhere fantastic one day. I really can honestly tell you, you may want to try to enjoy them now because it's not going to be the same when they go somewhere else. Like you were saying, Vandegriff's already at NJPW. Uh, at the dojo, right? Yep. And uh, yep. it's yeah, and, one. and we can see it happening. Like we were talking about it during his matches, how he's incorporating a lot more strikes and um he's evolving his moveset into the kind of the new Japan strong style way. And uh it's been fun. And I I'm actually kinda glad he was actually the one that carried out Sasha Banks when she got hurt. Um and everybody's mm. like, Oh, like look at the way she's holding on to him. Like, guys, calm down. Like this Vandegrift. Like it's funny to yeah. see people that don't know, they're like, Oh, they have to <laughs> they have to be together. So I'm like, no, Vandegrift's just there because he is the dojo student. Like, I think there's only four right now, which was I think a, a weird number too. I think I think they usually have a little bit more, but I, I remember seeing a picture of four and I see we see two of them. I think the other one was Johnny Robbie. We've been seeing her in Vegas. Really? I'm pretty sure I'm not a thousand percent positive. I'm a big fan of her. That's interesting. Yeah, she was in the picture with uh, Vandergriff and two other wrestlers, kind of like being talking to by another looked like a dojo coach and stuff before the New Japan show out there. Um, but it was huh. kind of cool seeing him in the New Japan and like now seeing two weeks later after seeing that and seeing what he's been what he did over this weekend, you can see the new Japan influence, the dojo working with them. And it's good. Cause that's only going to elevate him even further. And I think that's going to be nothing but positive for him going down the line. Yep. It just seems like here we are again, where anytime an American wrestler goes and does anything in Japan or anything with say the NJPW dojo, they always come out better. Like, and here we are with another example. That will lead us into our second matchup of the evening. And this was the one we were looking forward to. Zach Sabre Jr. going against Jordan Oliver. And yeah, I thought this was Jordan. I Up until this point, uh, Jordan's probably biggest name he's faced. I think the last one was uh, Gresham. So I thought this was going to be a very good test. I think it was like perfect timing for Jordan too, with as much as he's elevated his ground game and done it. Um, Done a lot more uh, technical moves and working body parts and submission moves. I I was looking forward to this match and 
it absolutely delivered and Jordan stepped up a lot and Zach Saber I think did a very good job of making Jordan look just as good and with his selling uh throughout this whole match and this is where like I don't know I I think my wife got a pretty cool picture of it uh, Stephanie probably did too when they did like the chop exchange and like you could just see the sweat flying yes. off of Zach Saber which was yes. incredible and cool looking picture I have to put have her send me that and post it but um yeah if there's if they didn't have the co-main event tonight, this was probably, I would have probably picked my match tonight mm-hmm. because this was awesome. Like Zach Sabre, that's my first time seeing Zach Sabre in person, I believe. And it was pretty cool seeing how fluid and just easy, like effortlessly he does wrestling. Like there's Isn't no it effort. Great? It's so crazy to see. And um, yeah, this was a really good matchup. Zach's a treat. There's no other way to put it. We're talking an NJPW champion. If there was anywhere he could have been, I'm just thankful he came to be with us that night. Yeah, he's special. We had, oh, Zach's going to kill you chance before the match even started. It was really going to be an uphill battle for Jordan, we could tell from the beginning. Uh, Zach owned Oliver with a series of wrist locks and joint manipulation early. Jordan answered back with a combo that left Zach on the ground and Jordan smiling in his face. Also, the one-minute wrist lock worked really well. I don't have a better way to put it, but um, if you know how to sell a freaking wrist lock, you really have the crowd and you're eating out of your hands. This happened here. Oliver's answer to Sable's wrist lock was its own wrist lock, also effective. Both men were able to show off still. Uh, they were both like they were able to show off their athleticism despite having a mostly ground game. And it was sprinkled in there. Like at one point, both of them have tandem, uh, tandem kick kip ups. Gosh, that's hard to say. And um, yeah, so both men were just um at one point i almost felt like they were showing off we even had jordan chance around minute five both men's are exchanging uh chops so it was like a chop competition that's where you were talking about how you could see the sweat it was like movie like is the good way to put it with the chop yeah it's like when you'd watch rocky because honestly zach saber kind of gave me like the russian from rocky or <laughs> um somebody beside me said zach morris because he has the claw hair that like James Vanderbeek and all the guys in the nineties had remember like the hair yeah. that has the, yeah. Okay. So oh God. Um, I think my wife of, called uh, him big bird. I could be mistaken. And I, she was, bird. he kept on calling them one name. I forgot what it was. I think. Oh man. We're so disrespectful too. Cause he's so fantastic. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I know. Right. Uh, Jordan was showing shoulder and arm damage. So you could see Sabre working him 10 minutes into this match. And there was very little usage of the top rope. This kind of goes back to my point earlier where they were showing off their athleticism without going to the top rope. The story in the ring was told that Jordan was facing an uphill battle and that injured left arm was a huge hindrance. Sabre targets that injury and focuses about 50% of his attacks to that arm. Around minute 12, face-to-face, forehead-to-forehead, they faced off again with heavy chops. Late in the match, and Sabre keeps locking Oliver into several uh, submission moves. Sabre started started yelling at Wendy in the crowd at one point. That's the West Coast fan we were talking about earlier. The crowd boos, and he starts talking shit. The crowd really was loud throughout the match. It showed up on TV really well. My wife got a uh, good uh fuck like at the end of the match when Zach Sabre yeah. walked by her, you see her flipping him off, and then like you just hear "fuck you." <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> uh, uh, Sabre appeared more mature in his offense and match pacing in a good way. Nothing against Jordan. What I really mean here is Jordan wouldn't be at that experience level yet, but he will get there. This is just something that 
it's half taught, half experienced. And Saber really, man, he worked that match so good and he told a story so good that um I think one day he may be a fabulous trainer. Well, going or, back uh, to fabulous producer. Sorry, yeah. No, I think I got I totally agree on the trainer part because that's a one note I wanted to I forgot to mention earlier. His technique, like on you said that wrist lock. You could see yeah. as he has Jordan's head. I was watching Zack Saber's head. Like I was like watching in like since it was a lot of technique and um groundwork, I was really watching Zack Saber's uh technique with how he placed his hands and how he really did it. And like the way mm-hmm. he did the wrestlock lock too, like you tell him like you can see him like putting the thumbs into Jordan's wrist as he's lifting it up for that extra leverage and extra pressure on the wrist and the Really. And um yeah, it, I, I just really like huh. you can see how intricate Zack Saber is with his the ground game and how much he really cares. And I, I obviously he's the best one in the world. Like, I don't think there's, I, I don't think he's even, uh, I don't think Daniel Brian or Brian Danielson's even close to him, to be honest with this, <laughs> Zach Saber on the ring. I'd like to see that. Wow. Match. I'd like to see that match, but I just think how effortless, effortlessly Zach did it. But like seeing the little details that he does, like to get that extra leverage or stuff. That's like, mm-hmm. as, as we were talking about, uh, the intricacies that we we kind of yeah. see that's one of the ones i saw like big time during this match was zach's technique on how he whenever jordan tried wiggling out of a way how he did even like the littlest of moves with his fingers and hand placements and how he held the wrist was so cool looking and i think that's what's making zach saber stand out in the new japan world uh because his style is totally different than anything in new japan right now see now what you are talking about is what Effie was talking about on his podcast when he was kind of putting us over. He was saying that we see these intricacies that they put a lot of work into that others dismiss or look over. That was a good example <laughs> right there, where you're literally watching thumbs and manipulate, excuse me, manipulation in ways. Yeah, that that's what the word I couldn't think of, manipulating. Like the way he was manipulating think. Jordan's limbs, arms, fingers, everything was incredible. That was a good. That was the word I, that I could not find. <laughs> um, here we go. This is towards the end of the match here. Minute 15. Saber locked in a press arm breaker on that injured left arm of Oliver. Oliver then turned it into a sit-down powerbomb. Saber then gets up. He ends up eating an acid kick to the face. Saber picked back up and eats another sit-down powerbomb. Oliver's clout cutter got turned into a submission hold. Oliver stands, but Saber still holds onto the arm. Saber has Oliver down and then he traps both arms and he starts to bend Oliver's fingers. And before there was even a chance to breathe, Oliver tapped out. Our winner here, Zach Saber Jr. No lie, I thought Oliver lost the belt. No kidding. My reaction oh, really? over there was me thinking that Oliver just lost the belt. Once I saw it was not for the belt, I knew Jordan was going to lose. There was no shot in hell. Like, I, <laughs> I just, there was no way. So I kind of like, he's going to job wife. out. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of warned my wife, like, hey, Jordan's probably going to lose this one, but it's going to be an incredible match. And yeah, that's exactly what it came down to. But I will, there was one moment I was like, holy shit, Jordan's going to win. Is when he hit that second, uh-huh. when he hit that second Batista bomb or Liger bomb, whatever Batista bomb. My friend had to like 
like right before the entrances were happening, or as entrances were happening, he told me he's like, "So if Jordan uh, wins, let me guess, I'm gonna have to hold you back because you're gonna run into the ring like a fan and try to celebrate <laughs> with him." I'm like, "Man, if he wins, yeah, you might have to." And he hit that second bomb, and like I started to stand up, and my friend <laughs> reached over, like he didn't look at me or nothing. I just felt his arm, and he didn't even look at me because I looked over and he was still looking oh, at the ring. That's but great. he just stuck his arm <laughs> out to block me because I was like, "Holy shit, Jordan's gonna get it on the second Batista bomb." But oh, it was an incredible wow. matchup. But I, I that was the one point I did think Jordan would win, though. But I think he held his own and he got <laughs> to show off how well his ground game's coming along uh, in right? recent months as well. Oh, that reminds me. I need to apologize to you. There was once or twice at the FSW GCW show where I actually put my arm across you and had you come back. I'm so used to doing that to Owen while Steph's getting pictures uh-huh. that I just was like, that's Owen. Like, I. And then I realized the second time or third time I did it, I went, oh, my God, why the hell am I pushing him back? I I was I had the automatic dad Owen. No, I was thinking like <laughs> Owen because I'm used to pushing Owen back because his stomach will stick out or he'll yeah. stand up and stick out. So I go, okay, sit back. Steph's going to get a thing. And then I realized I'm doing it to you. <laughs> See, like, oh, the, no first, the first time I'm like, okay, like, oh shit. Like I'm in the way. And then like the third time I was like, I got it. I'm like, oh, Steph's taking a picture. That's why like, at first I was like, what the hell is he yeah. doing at first? Like, I didn't yeah. care, but yeah. I'm like, why is he doing that? Like then the yeah. third time it clicked, I was like, oh, like Steph's trying to get a picture. And I was like, oh shit, I need to get out of the way of my wife's picture. No, you she's don't. probably was... doing the same thing. Cause my wife's probably wanted me to do like, she's wanting to do the same thing to me. Cause I'm probably getting in the way of her pictures. Like yeah. actually during this, uh, I think it was during this match or one of these matches, uh, I was like standing and blocking her in the way. I was like, all right, I'm going to sit the hell down and get out of the way. Cause she's going to take a lot of pictures here and I'm just going to enjoy the show. So she can take the pictures. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it clicked on me now. <laughs> I thought about it for a moment at the time and I haven't thought about it since it happened at the show. And then when you said, I'm like, Oh my God, I need to tell him. Sorry about that shit. Like I, I can't even believe it. I caught myself. <laughs> yeah. Like the third or fourth time I'm like, why am I telling him to get back? He's a full grown. I didn't adult. hear. I didn't hear get back, but I did feel the arm. Like I said, I was just like after the like the what? third time, yeah. like the second time, like what the fuck is he doing? Then the third generally, time, I'm, I'm watching out yeah, for everyone. Right. Generally, I'm like, okay, watch out, because I'm the biggest one. So I'm like, okay, watch out. I'll take the hit. But no, this was just me generally having you get back for pictures. But I'm used to doing it to Owen, not you. And I'm like, yeah, it just hit me weird because I'm like, <laughs> I did it to him. I'm like, how rude. So I was going to tell you, sorry, man, because it was so fucking, yeah. Um, okay, fans enjoyed the match a lot. It was obvious Sabre had fans that were very familiar with him. I felt Z- uh, Sabre's just a very good wrestler whose submission style is very effective. His style doesn't get over anymore unless booking supports it throughout the match. There were please come back chants. I personally can t- please, please come back. He... He classed up the place quite a bit. That's that's the best way I can put it. Like the level of um, wrestling, (laughs) just that whatever you would call it, the level went up. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mean anything bad by it. It's just the addition of him on the card means that your quality level, your your show's quality level has improved. I think That's I made a. I think it. I made a mention. I was like, "Hey, the wrestling quality is about to go up during this match." <laughs> like, and literally, yeah. that was my yeah. statement. I made like, as you were saying, it's like that's like you could just stop it right there. The quality of wrestling is going to be different right now, and I agree. I think he does bring a le- uh, level of experience and veteranness and name status that kind of 
goes a long way into the GCW crowd. And I'm kind of glad that, as you said, stylistically, the, like, that's kind of why the crowd doesn't like Gresham a lot is because it's more ground-based, not high-flying and stuff like that. And What I, did he do different, though? Because his, his was more entertaining. I'm sorry I cut in on no. you here, but Sabre did I, something to me that was more entertaining, but I don't know what it was. I mean, first of all, it's an uphill battle to sell a... Um, Oh, yeah, good point. So it's an uphill battle to sell something like that to a GCW crowd, like a wrist lock mm-hmm. and shit. But he sold it. And not only to GCW, but just this day and age, who's really selling a wrist lock for a minute, two minutes? Who's really working a shoulder anymore methodically? Not just, oh, he hit him again, it hurts. No, like methodically working a shoulder, old school. He He accomplished so many wonderful things in that match that I have a lot more respect for him. I than think, I did before. And you were saying something did work that's different from Gresham, right? I think it was him talking, as we always say during the mm. ring, like him, mm. he's being more vocal and everything. Well, Gresham, he does all the same shit, but he's not doing it. He's just like, he just got that menacing look when he's doing it and kind of like, yeah, like I'm about to rip this guy's fucking arm off. Like, but Zack Sabre, like, I want to rip his fucking arm off. And like the crowd like reacts to it. I think that's, in my mind, that's the difference between the two. Um, because I love, I- I've said it here many times. I love Gresham because like when I was uh, training to be a wrestler, my style was very similar to Zack Sabre. Gresham and like I was ground game and wanted to do all these submissions stuff because I couldn't do any of the high flying stuff but I did a lot of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu training and MMA wrestling training and stuff like that uh, years prior or a couple years prior to doing the wrestling training and I think that's the one thing that stand, stood out where the fans are more receptive to Zach than they were Jonathan is because he was being more vocal I, another thing it could be is this the shitty fans that are like oh Gresham left left AEW and took his ball and went home because he was the number nine rated and he didn't want a job when that's like, that's not the case. But I think that, that, and like when Leo rush shows up, that, that little cloud of their, their pass gets kind of hovers over them. And then it distorts what actually they could do in the ring. And I think that's what sucks for Gresham and Leo rush. Cause I think Gresham's just I'm not, I think Gresham's even behind Zach. Sa- well, obviously I think Zach Saber is the best ground person in the world right now. I don't see how, Anyone's better, in my opinion, but Gresham is right there with Brian Danielson uh, with Challenge and Zack Sabre. Now that's my new match I want to see is Gresham versus uh-huh. Zack Sabre and GCW in like a 60-minute, <laughs> not a 60-minute, that'll be too long, but 60-minute submissions-only Iron Man match. You heard it right here, Brett. Make booking, it so, baby. Booking, booking. That's right. Book it. For our third matchup of the evening, we have Maki Ito going against Sandra Moon. Nice to see Maki in Vegas for the first time. Uh, She's always entertaining. And Sandra Moon getting the GCW spotlight and going getting this pretty big match here in Vegas, which is good for her being a uh, Vegas girl and being popular here in Vegas. So I guess that made sense. But this was a pretty good matchup. Nothing. Like the one big thing that stuck out me in this matchup, I think it's always the most hysterical part of any Maki matchup is the whole crying, the crying. Yeah, spot. I love that spot. That was the one spot that always gets me. In. <laughs> uh, once again, got me during this match as well. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that. It's just the childish aspect of it, I think, is so fun. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just the child in me finds it funny, I guess. I don't know. It's the fact that an adult's doing that. It works. You're right. You're right, though. Like, it works. I always laugh. Hey, I'll take it. So here we go with this match. It's a nine-minute match. Sandra came out to cheers. Like uh, B was saying here, she's a Vegas local. 
Then, for whom the bell tolls plays, we know what's going to happen here. Out comes Maki Ito. The fans erupt. She's running around the ring and hugging people. She's standing on chairs on all four sides of the ring, celebrating with the fans MDK style. There are Maki chants before the match even starts. Commentary mentions the loud fans. Maki's popularity is huge in Las Vegas. I was there live. I had to hear it for myself. She is way over. After about minute two, this is in the match where I think Sandra turned heel or maybe the fans turned her. I'm not 100% because halfway through the match, you can hear a lot of loud boos towards her. She seemed somewhat confused why the match and why the fans are booing so much. This was the rest of the match outside of a few spots. So sometimes these weren't the good kind of boos. So I, I just wanted to kind of mention them just for a minute. It could be the Maki stands. It could be something else. I'm completely unsure. Again, multiple Maki chants throughout this match that rarely seemed to always. It was just there. It was just how it was. Again, I don't know if it was just straight up fans that were pushing everyone, but it was constant. As you were saying, she used her crybaby spot. She was holding her nose and pointing at her opponent, getting up and stomping on her opponent's feet. Also, I like the hard-headed gimmick that she likes to use. That usually comes up in the second half of the match. One of my favorites. Okay, a couple spots. Maki jumped from the ring to hit a swinging DDT onto the floor. I also love the spot where Maki had her opponent in a chokehold and was flipping off the camera. Like... That is that twisted, deadly, and cute mix that only GCW fans can appreciate. Maki was mostly in control to huge cheers. Towards the end of the match, huge exchange of fists back and forth, and you can hear, yay, boo, yay, boo. That was literally the level of investment the fans had here. In the ending, we had Maki with a DDT from the second rope, and she covers four three. So yeah, our winner in uh, this match, Maki Ito. My notes here. Wow, Maki is over. I needed to hear it live, not just in LA. I'm hoping we continue to keep her for a long time. This match was all about Maki, as it should be. She's a fan favorite. So that's what I wanted to mention about this match. Do you want to kind of go over anything else? I didn't know if you had any other little uh, anything that was. Well, I forgot like the Maki spot, the headbutt. I totally forgot about the headbutt spot, which. Uh... Yeah. That the hard head, like when she slammed her head into the 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 turnbuckle and just like stared at her, like ain't gonna work, lady. <laughs> like I don't know what you're <laughs> thinking. I forgot about that one. And then another one too. I I just saw it too because I uh I always watch it. Um, when she steps on Sandra, like she like just her opponents in general. I've seen her doing an AEW too. But when she steps on the the opponent's foot and then does like a little dance on it, like twisting yeah. the foot back and forth. I I think that's always fun too. Like I think she's finding herself, and I'm really glad that Maki's finding herself in this whole MDK gimmick and character because i said it since her first couple shows i was kind of scared we wouldn't be seeing her back because she kept on showing up losing showing up losing i'm like well yeah what's gonna, yeah what is going to make her to come back and her partnering her with uh nick gage obviously everybody could see it has elevated her to a whole another status with yes crowd and um the cheers and everything you can also see it's making nick gage have fun with it he's now mm-hmm. embracing it and having fun with it and he's enjoying that someone else is getting the rub but it's all it's all him like it's his music his gimmick his everything so it is nice seeing maki ito just doing the mdk stuff and getting herself over with that stuff i think it's good because she was kind of looked at, like shit look lost i just didn't understand what was kind of going on the booking and 
how she was being presented to GCW fans at the beginning, but now that she's kind of found her footing, found this character, I'm really enjoying all of it. It's been entertaining. Every match that she's in or Nick Gage has been in with Maki has been great and fun and entertaining, and I'm glad to see her kind of find her footing and kind of uh, find her place in GCW and sticking around, going to Vegas shows, Atlanta shows, and all these other shows. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to mention here is that the original opening for her, you know, her entrance had like the Japanese song that she was singing and whatnot. It didn't translate in America. It didn't translate to GCW fans, so it looked corny. So when she comes out, it doesn't matter what she looks like. I'll tell you what she sounded like. And, you know, so it wasn't the best step forward. I will say this much, though. The minute they dropped that and went to Nick Gage's music, um, boy, was... It worked, number one. Number two, I don't know if it was genius or stupidity that put that together, but it works. Like the whole Nick Gage, like Maki thing, I, I someone had to come up with that idea first, and it's just it's just gorgeous. It, it made Maki over. I think the first time I noticed her getting over with the crowd was the Cardona wedding when she came out and started singing. In English, yes. I thought that was where she My first started getting over. Spot. Yeah, and I think that's where she kind of first interacted with Nick Gage as well. So that kind of just that little thing just kind of tweaked it and set it off for her. But I'm I'm glad I'm glad to see you're happy and enjoying it because she has fun and entertaining matches. That and the the fall and the sleep head drop too. I, I love that spot as well. Like yes, I like her spots. Like like that's fine. Like she doesn't need to be a great wrestler. I don't think she's amazing in the ring, but I think she does have good facial reactions and good crowd awareness to when to have fun and when to get the crowd involved to have fun with her. And I think those spots do a very good job of getting the crowd back onto her side throughout, uh, throughout these matchups. I think she's doing a good job of pacing it throughout the matches as well. So I'm going to go back to it just for a second. I think you're right about the Cardona thing. She flipped from heel to face when she sang that song and that's my favorite Maki Ito moment to date is still that I, it, it was special. I, I stick to that to this day. That is such a special moment where she was singing and for people to like for her to learn that in English. That's the one thing damn that's cool. where I was going to go like her to learn that song in English. I don't know how long it took her, but uh, I don't know how much notice she got, but whatever notice it could be, couldn't have been that much notice, but she definitely knocked it out of the park and surprised everybody that night. No, it was fantastic. Um, I'm going to go into a personal opinion only because I just wanted to. Okay, Sandra did a decent job. She is a good wrestler. In this situation, though, um, this was Double or Nothing weekend, and a lot of fans flew in to see people that they're somewhat familiar with for the GCW show. Name recognition matters on the big stage, and this crowd made this show very big. I don't expect people from Iowa to know the names of most of our local talent. It's just, that's how it is. But I've watched local Las Vegas wrestling and the wrestlers for about two years. I would have preferred to see an FSW talent like Viva Van in this spot. We've already seen the capabilities of Matt Vandegrift and Damian Drake. We've realized FSW has a pretty deep roster. They are the main slash premier slash biggest wrestling company in Las Vegas. They're the top dog which is one of the reasons why GCW works with them. You bring over the women's champion, Viva Van, the belt collector, the champion, the best female talent in Las Vegas, hands down. She's the top of the food chain, the Hulk Hogan of Las Vegas women's wrestling, without a doubt. 
No one even remotely close. Truly no offense to any other women's wrestler in Las Vegas because there are some fine fucking talent, but Viva is just impressive in many categories. The owners of the successful rep, rep, the owners of the successful companies, the ones that I consider experts, those belts she holds, they also agree with me. Last time I talked to her, uh, she had six championship belts at one time. She's the California Wrestler of the Year, the first women's Vietnamese American wrestler. She raised funds to build a ring for Vietnam Pro Wrestling. She raised, she helps raise two autistic brothers. Is currently starting a business and just graduated college. So for me, I think that's a great example to a lot of people, especially kids. She's literally the face of the West Coast. The best example of women's wrestling in Las Vegas, the blueprint is what she's been known as. Now imagine that wrestling match with someone with that much clout coming in. Viva has a certain confidence and poise about her. She would have been a fantastic heel in GCW and a much more solid choice to be a threat to Maki. She had a killer match with Billy Starks at FSW versus GCW2 the next night, and you can catch that on FN Fight TV. There could have been a small storyline here as she would have fought two GCW faces in less than 24 hours. I'm assuming they tried to get her, but anyone trying to knock Viva Van off can feel free to try to beat her resume, but that's not happening anytime soon in Las Vegas. Honestly, this is Viva country. Viva Las Vegas, baby. She would have had the fans live and in their seats and booing for the right reasons. I was there. I heard the crowd. It's on tape. The wrestling match itself was okay. It was all about Maki and the setup for the next match, which to me flowed seamlessly. This is one of GCW's biggest stages of the year with one of the most popular women to enter the GCW's ring. Viva would have killed it. So I just wanted to kind of mention that because honestly, I wanted to give one of the women their dues because this is just, I, I rarely say what I want. It's more like what it is. And I don't want to eclipse anything, but given the, the, the resume, given the fact that she is dude, Maki Ito has to fight a six time women's champion. That would be to me, a true threat to, you know, Maki's whatever. I just, it's just personal opinion. I just wanted to get it out there because I felt like, I don't know, man. That's a lot of clout walking in the ring with six titles. Yeah, and I and I think she got the good look, like the look to for GCW, like the Evil. studs, the the yeah. black leather. She got that. Yeah, she's got that heel. Like I was thinking about it, and I, like I said, I didn't. I normally don't read your notes beforehand. And like as you were talking, I was like, man, that would have been a good heel. And then like two. I saw you shaking later, your. I, I saw like, you yep, shaking your head. It is. I was like, that that would have been a good. Like I didn't even think about the next night leading into FSW versus GCW because we've seen them kind of do that before. Blake Christian and Drake. Uh, yeah, Drake, Drake Hunter, I think his name is. Um, Hunter Drake. Yeah, Hunter Drake. Sorry, yeah. Um, we've seen them kind of set up a storyline for the next night of uh, mm-hmm. was it New South versus F or versus GCW that night. So I yep. I think that would have been a kind of good lead in, and I think that would have been easier to she would have fit right in as the heel. And would have got, yep. like you said, would have helped Maki get way more over than trying to fight for Sandra Moon's fans with her probably being the most popular female wrestler out here in Vegas. Um, I think that would that kind of did hurt it a little bit. I didn't notice it too much uh, at the beginning, but I the, what you said, like the Viva Van and how well it, it all clicked to me of how well and easy uh-huh. they slipped her in there would have helped Maki out and set up something for the next night. Um, yeah, it's just it's about. just a it's just a, you know what I mean, like. That's in a perfect world. So again, we got to see her the next night against a very young and talented Billy Stark. So it's and, not like we lost out, but 
but I'm just saying, man, down the GCW ramp, Viva Van walks up against Mac- Maki Ito. It there would have been a greater perceived threat. I think would be the best way to put it. Yeah, for you know, sure. You'd be like, you know, um, and both of them are fantastic. It's just there's a more. Pre- it, it's a big stage. There's not a lot of smaller names on the card. So I think Viva Van would have taken the smallest name on the card and, and elevated it some. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cardona and uh, SDL come in from behind and attack Maki. They both proclaim that they are the king and queen. And now they're going to kill the entire GCW roster. Sounds like they've kind of spread their wings a little bit from their last uh dastardly plans gage runs into the ring to save maki and cardona and steph delander run away huge mdk chants from the fans middle fingers go up as cardona is still on the floor with steph delander being shitty with the fans the fans are furious maki was attacked and again that it's great um the match makes more sense as this was a setup for the mdk mdk cardona sdl kind of feud so, yeah, it made a lot more sense. And then Janela and Sawyer, Wreck, run out and attack Cardona and SDL from behind. They brawl around the ring, and eventually they all get inside the ring. Abella sounded, and my friend, that's our next match. And, and seamlessly. Love. Beautiful. Yes, seamlessly was the exact word I was thinking of. And I don't want to, like, spoil it, but how the ending of the match. Like, they put three segments together into one, and it was so... Boom beautifully well written and is like very seamless it wasn't like there was any break in all this action or any of that stuff the show kept on going but they told a great story with two matchups three different segments i, I thought it was well well paced and as you said uh mm-hmm. the seamlessly was a perfect word too to describe how it all just chained together and re- led right into our next match which is the tag team match of joey janela and sawyer Rick versus cardona and steph delander all right so I, I'm going to just put it out there. Sawyer and Janela, they worked well as a tag team. Just something seems right between the two. Towards the end of the match, I realized they gel together well. The vibe fits. I don't know what it is. Joey always takes someone and just turns them into someone. He, <laughs> Joey Janela will take an amp that can only go to eight, and somehow he finds a way to crank it to nine. That's, I think, what he did here with Sawyer Wreck. I think anybody he's up against or works with, he makes better. Yeah, and I think the heel heat, too, from Cardona come and Cardona and SDL, like, because they've been yes. killing everything they've been doing. It's been so good, the work they've been doing on the internet and with other promotions, but GCW specifically, of getting the heel heat. That was perfect to put Sawyer with Joey and, and uh, help Sawyer get even more over for this match heading into TOS weekend. Oh, it's smart. Um, Cardona taking the upper hand early and stayed on offense for minutes. Cardona was getting heavy booze for ripping sign ladies' middle finger signs. I don't know if anyone can see it, but there were a ton of papers that had middle fingers on them. Um, for anyone who was listening earlier, that sign lady I was talking about in Las Vegas, she made, I'm guessing, probably 100 signs that are just middle fingers that we laid on all the first and second row seats. So um, if you see those and if you notice you only see them in Las Vegas at this show and the show last year, that's because they're specifically coming from this lady. So I wanted to mention that and give her her, you know, her flowers for that. There were even heavier boosts for uh, Steph Delander 
They are very vocal and it's continuous throughout, especially with SDL in the ring. She is a fantastic heat magnet. Fan noise in this match is definitely apparent. The boos don't stop, especially when Cardona pushed referee Scarlett Donovan. That wasn't cool with everyone at all. Scarlett pushes him back and Joey rolled him up for two. We are protective of our referees. That's something I have noticed in uh in GCW is don't don't dare mess with that part of the rule book. Don't don't mess with Scarlet. I don't I don't know how that works, but we're protective. Fucker up Sawyer, fucker up chance. We're coming as Sawyer was handling Cardona really well. He barely got in any offense whatsoever on her. A door enters the ring around minute nine. It ends up getting propped up in the corner. SDL eventually puts Joey Janela through that door. Sawyer comes in the ring and has Steph Delander by the throat. They kiss and Cardona hits Sawyer from behind with the chair. Um, it was all a ruse. Sawyer was fighting for herself really well when she was ganged up on. A door bridge is set up in the ring. Steph Delander and Cardona go to put Sawyer through a door. But Maki and Gage run in and beat up on Cardona and SDL. Sawyer grabs Cardona by the neck and slams him through the door. She pins him for three. Our winners in this match was Joey Janela and Sawyer Wreck. I just wrote in my notes. That was good. The Cardona drama is fun and makes everyone hate both of them even more. Do you have anything to say before I go any further? Because I think it's almost like a different segment. From it's so cool seeing Cardona putting everyone over in GCW. Like, like yeah. I think he's providing. I know there was a little back and forth. I don't want to get too much into it because it kind of goes into our last episode with all the other drama and shit. But what Cardona has been saying and what he's been doing to help out gcw i think they both were perfect for each other he has definitely mm -hmm. helped raise gcw to another level with his match against gage like i said like that was the night i realized holy shit gcw is something going on because you had wwe ring of honor aew new japan like impact wrestlers wrestlers from all over the world were talking about that match and it was just so crazy scene but i also think gcw has done a great job of giving cardona the flexibility to be the complete heel asshole that he wants to be and has given him like not the creative freedom or not but i think he's also taken his character to a whole nother level in gcw with creating the indie god the deathmatch king now getting steph over like steph was a no like a nobody kind of like a i don't want to say nxt reject but she got released from nxt nobody knew she was i didn't even know who she was until like she showed up and I saw like the comparison that that just, she was on NXT. I'm like, oh, okay, that was her. Like, like he's done a, such uh -huh. a great job elevating everybody he's been in the ring with and kind of not stealing the show, but making it a talking point every single time he shows up in GCW. And I think it's fantastic. And I'm it was surprising to see uh him taking the pin count or taking the three count. To, from Sawyer like that was the biggest shock to me it's like whoa Sawyer went over on Cardona even so all that stuff that I know Cardona's been getting, not hate for but hate from other wrestlers and other companies I, I'm glad Brett stood up and said hey like as as much as Cardona is kind of a headache for me he's been absolutely worth it and he has made our product better he's made the roster better he's he's like invaluable to the company and I really right. enjoy how well he's Oh, he, I didn't think he would stay after that one death match. I thought he was done. I'm so glad he stayed because I think he brings a, a lot to the show. Like, this is the biggest storyline right now in GCW uh, besides uh, Blake and Masha. And I, I think it's just so cool of Cardona to take the three count and put Sawyer Wreck over. Well, Dusty Rhodes 
and Matt Cardona are the two people that in the WWE system today wouldn't amount to shit because they wouldn't be able to show their creativity off. I trust me. That's more, that's a stronger statement than most people know because both of those men had such a footprint on the industry. I don't know. I don't have a better way to put it. It's just, um, we would not be able to really see the creativity go where it is without letting some of these birdies fly and Cardona's flying, man. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much time they're giving him. I mean, the match is 12 minutes, but all the bullshit before and after, I'm guessing on average, he's getting 20 plus minutes per segment. And counting the so promos, yeah. Counting the before promos, the after promos. As you said, even after the match, all the shit that goes on after the match, he's still yep. putting over. It doesn't end when the match ends. He's still getting himself over and getting the whole story over. I think that's been very cool seeing lately. I want to see Cardona and Janela. There's something about it that interests me. I don't know what it is because they both, to a degree, are fuck offs. Well, we got a Hammerstein. Joey can be serious. You know what? There's a lot of things at Hammerstein I'd like to change up. That maybe we do a Hammerstein. I know too. that one was on purposely one of the most overbooked matches I- I've ever seen, but I loved it because yes, it all yes, fit in purpose. and it all made sense. And like, I think that I think it showed off, as you said, the creativity of Matt Cardona to incorporate all those different things into that Janela match at Hammerstein. I thought that was pretty cool. And when people are, you know, singing. Cardona's praises about how much he's helped GCW, helped GCW talent. I have to have respect for that. That's coming straight out of the mouths of the people that have benefited, including Effie. Speaking of, have you seen the Effie Life of yet on IWTV? No, not yet. I have a book check uh, it out. on my watch list. Yeah, check it out. It's two parts and um, it's kind of cute because you get to see like where he does his podcast from. Basically, they just lower the lights. And they put two microphones and they sit at a table. Yeah. Just you and I like just sit at a table and they talk and, you know, and um, you get to meet his partner and you get to meet the dogs and stuff and just a lot of daily life. And um, he lets people in like he's emotional at times when, you know, and he doesn't kind of shy away from that. And um, I liked his. Also, I sat down. I want to watch. Alec Price's is pretty yeah. good, man. Billy Stark, I come. Billy Starks, Cole. There's a lot of them I want to see. Cole, okay. Cole's is really good. It gets personal um, at times with him, which is really good and heartfelt. Billy Starks is good. Alec Price's was really good. Um, you get to know a little bit more about him. It's really surprising. Also, man, I watch him backstage at some of these places. I miss, I miss East Coast buildings. There's a lot of East Coast buildings that are 100, 150, 200 years old, and I can't really describe it, but the wood has a smell like, I don't know, doors are smaller and I don't know, man, I can't describe it, but I watch him and I'm seeing all the woodwork and I'm seeing all the old buildings and all the old windows in some of these places that he's performing in. And I'm like, oh man, I miss the East Coast. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think he's living in Pittsburgh now with his family and, uh, he says it's really relaxed compared to where he's from. And dude, Boston is constantly moving. Like there's nothing, there's nothing like it outside of maybe New York and DC. So I got off on a little <laughs> bit of a tangent there. Um, Steph Delander, we were talking about how she gives off those uh, sensational Sherry vibes. She's definitely doing that well. Their online stuff too, like wow. the rider taker they just did was hysterical. A, a half a million views in under, I think, 24 hours. It's over a million. On that. Really? Yeah, it's over a million. Wow. Yeah, that's 
good for him. Like I said, <laughs> pure creativity matters. If people don't think storylines don't matter, then what's Cardona? I love oh, all their videos, line. like the Outback one, the Disneyland one. They've been doing some entertaining stuff. But that shows like you can further your character, you further your story, further your yes. wrestling career by a couple minute video online during your off days. Like that, that's keeping it going. Like that's why I love Charles Mason when he does that shit. He keeps the stories going online, even though yep. he's not on the show. You're still progressing the storyline by not being on the show with your social media. So that's one thing I do want to see a lot more wrestlers do because. You could extend this whole wrestling and GCW, not just on Friday nights at the shows, but you could get this, the videos on Sunday, the response on Monday, the response to the response on Tuesday, just a lot of cool stuff out there that could be done on social media. I just wish a lot more wrestlers would start using it a little bit more often. That's what's than what's being done currently. Wow. That's a mouthful, dude. <laughs> hmm. Um, wow. So yeah, if you haven't seen a lot of those life ofs, those, the ones that I watched that I really enjoyed. So yeah. I'm going to check those out. Definitely check those out. Um, we here in Las Vegas. Where's my fucking gang at? That's MDK, baby. The place erupts. Camera does the zoom out to show the excitement. Gage's voice is higher than usual. I can tell when he gets really fucking pumped up. His voice goes up more than anything else. Um, he said the fans showed out tonight. He said we're rocking this place. He says it's MDK, and we say all fucking day. He gives the mic to Sawyer, and she says it's MDK all fucking day. She also followed it up with, I fucking love you people, and you know it. And everybody kind of laughed a little bit. The music hits, fan goes nuts. You know, one last time for Gage and Maki, Janela and Sawyer, and we kind of send them off. So, again, this is halfway through the show, and so much has went on already, and we're already hearing from talent like how lit the fucking place is. We were we were uh we were at fire code capacity, that's for sure. Oh yeah, we were it was yeah. more packed this time, I think, than last time too. Yes, it was. I'd honestly say, um, just guessing, maybe another hundred, hundred and yeah. five, maybe. I but don't know. I just that was a good way to book in those two segments. So I, I really liked how book in that match even just started Started off by the end of the last match by the run in and then ending it with the run in and stuff. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was good. Good booking there. I'm a big fan of run ins, but what I'm a real big fan of, of is impromptu matches. I don't know why, but I love when a couple wrestlers are going at it and then you know listen to this player. We gonna have a match <laughs> right now, you know. And then he comes out and he has to tell everybody. Guess what? You're in a match, right? Fuck. I love impromptu matches. Yeah. I don't know why, but they feel rowdy. They feel, I don't know. It's unexpected. I don't know. Something, you know, and it, it's totally, exactly, it's unexpected. I mean, it's totally written in there. Like, oh, I get an extra I match. love it. I didn't even plan on this That's match. It. I get an extra That's match. That's it. Dude, it's like finding a fucking chicken nugget in your French fries, bro. Bonus all day long. It's like a $5 <laughs> bill in your jeans when you're getting ready to do laundry. Bonus. <laughs> and I smile just the same for both. Yes. Great tag match. Great match with Maki and Sandra to lead into this and I'm interested to see where this goes and when it ends and uh, if Cardona does in her, insert himself into this title uh, scene here coming up with Blake and Masha hopefully in the near future this gets settled and speaking of which we have our next match which is Blake Christian versus Dark Sheik and this was my highlight of the night I finally I said something, if it happened, I got to do it, and it did happen, and I finally got to do it, and I'm glad it was caught on screen, <laughs> is my new banner, and that is, I got a chance to flip up Blake Christian as he's giving me the thumbs. 
That was it. Dude. That's the highlight for the match for me. I was I was pretty smart. I was not paying attention. I was smiling and trying to figure out some way to uh, put this on my profile picture and stuff. Uh, this was, <laughs> it was great. It was a, it was a good match. So uh, Dark Sheik, uh, glad to see uh, her be able to kill it out here in Vegas um, as she usually does. And going against Blake Christian, I was definitely going for Dark Sheik in this match. Dude, I <laughs> yeah, this was this was a crazy match. The minute I saw you on screen and he's like ah i lost it laughing because you were right there there's like no mistaking like no mistaking it's definitely you they like you know what i mean you're like oh you can see me in the bottom left yeah. no dude it was you and freaking blake well but, it's because my wife sat down because she wasn't about to stand up and cheer for blake she's like fuck him and <laughs> she was going to go through her pictures and she, i think she was having problems with like the pictures sending it to her phone to kind of edit it and stuff but so she sat down and that's where blake stood right in front of her and like i just instinctually just wanted to get in between her and blake because i was like oh shit he's gonna do something to her and she's gonna do something to him but then i'm like oh he's doing the thumb pose fuck this shit i gotta take advantage of this <laughs> is what i've been waiting for like i didn't even realize like this is my opportunity to do what i wanted i was just more focused Focus on getting in between Blake's ass and my wife's face over there. <laughs> so that way there would be no incidents. But that, that was the highlight of the weekend for me was being able to flip off Blake and tell him fuck you right to his face as he's doing the whole suck it in the thumbs and stuff like that. That was that was great. Dude, and then I'll tell you the one thing that got me, because like I said, I'm an ECW fan. Dark Shriek dressed as uh Raven. And I didn't notice this till halfway through the match, my the, my buddy next to me goes, oh, I love the Raven gear. I'm like, holy shit, I didn't even notice that. And then you said the, that uh, what she's going to do and drops in the corner like Raven. Like, yep. I didn't, I didn't yeah. never notice it. I was like, God damn, I missed those. Like, I yeah, don't pay dude. attention to the clothing unless it like slaps me in my face. But I always miss Mike Bailey's video game uh, themed trunks. I miss the, the Dark Sheik with the ra- uh, Raven. Yeah. I miss the... The callbacks and like I'm That's a big me. callback first. I love callbacks. I just never think about it. And then when it gets pointed out to me, I'm like, fuck, why do I never notice these things? Well, you hear me all the time when I talk about color. Yep. Like how many people get a podcast? Oh, I like that guy's blue pants. <laughs> no, man, I see that stuff and it matters. I had a long talk with someone a while ago and I said, name someone who has a mask or face paint that you don't like. And you don't all you'll hear is silence for a while. Not like like i mean shoot hate not like oh he's a bad guy i don't like him you can still appreciate he's a bad guy doing his job you know yeah um it's hard to find someone with face paint or with a mask in wrestling that you don't like there's a trick to that you know for some reason the art works you got a name don't you no i was, I was trying to think of one yeah the one name that popped up I'm like no i fucking love it there's the, the demolition i was like no i fucking love the whole presentation yeah demolition. but like, yep. that was the one the first one that stuck out my mind but yeah i can't think of a bad face painter mask that see so that's actually something that i've tried to tell people multiple times that if you want to get over in the industry put face paint on what would rs be without the face paint just be a guy who has some awesome moves and that's great you know you've got commander he has to have his mask you know oh that's lucha but commander without a mask would be a different commander yeah for sure so you know i look at it that way um yeah so okay, I'm going to so, be thinking of a mask and a face paint. I don't like why you do this review. No, please do. Please do. Because it's, it's hard to find one. It really is. And I'm going to enjoy um, Blake, me flipping Blake off too. I'm watching that. I mm-hmm. rebounded again for the, like the 10th time. Did you get a screen capture or anything on it? I will take a picture. Cause I actually just stopped it on accident just now. 
uh, on the, the perfect one. So I'll take a picture. Nah, get a screen capture. And you know how to do that. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, screen capture that shit. And then you can turn it into something from there. I'm anyway, it so, okay. So Speedball Mike Bailey, um, Dark Chic for sure. You have to pay attention to what she's wearing. She does, for whatever reason, like to have different outfits. So, yeah, that's one where when she comes out, I'm like, okay, what's she trying to be or who's she trying to be today? So, yeah, this was Raven all the way down to dropping in the corner when the opponent comes out. When Blake does come out, he does his little tongue sticking out thing, and you can clearly see B in the background of the shot in his red shirt. Fuck him. (laughs) Dark Sheik chance throughout the crowd. Blake was mocking Sheik every time he takes her down. We had fuck him up, dark sheet, fuck him up, chance, heavy booze as expected for Blake, asshole chance. Minute four, Sheik brought in a stapler. Blake grabs a chair. They have a standoff, and Blake kicks away the staple gun. Sheik then ties up Blake at one point and tied his hands together with her shirt and tried to staple him. The staple gun was going in and out of the ring. That was primarily the struggle of the match in here. A chair comes out at one point. They fight outside the ring and fight on the ramp. Sheik gets pile-drived on the ramp. There are more boos for Christian. Pussy chants going on like crazy. He's getting the Cardona treatment. Sheik tied up Blake's legs with her pants, ties up Blake with the belt in his mouth. Here's the ending. She goes up top. Blake launches a chair at her. Blake hits head scissors and follows up with a face stomp and chokes her out. Our winner here, Blake Christian. Ten minutes in and I was pretty much fine with it ending. The pace was a little slow. It felt like more of a filler match that took too much time. Um, I'm going to give my honest opinion. I feel like it was a waste of Blake Christian. He's very talented. He could have had a better match with a different opponent. Again, this is me not judging it for what it is, but more of a pipe dream. But if you ask me with his talent, his ability to do what he does in the ring, I feel like we could have given him a better opponent. Please don't kill me. See, my thing was, I know I said this many times and I'm going to contradict it here because I think this is the one time I'm all for it. There was no advancement of his storyline. You got all the advancement in the Nick Gage, Cardona, and all the interaction there. He like the one time I want him to, on the mic would have been this time. If Masha's not going to come out and there's no interaction with what he's going to do, if he's not actually wearing this damn brass ring or anything like that to keep it fresh in fans' minds so they don't forget or wonder what's going on with it. I would have had him after this match hop on the microphone or before the match and have Dark Sheep beat him up to get a pop that way. But I would have mm-hmm. had him on the microphone if you're not going to have Masha out here and if there's going to be no advancement of the storyline. Cut a quick promo saying, hey, I know you got that big match at COS next weekend. Uh, I got this ring. Just be aware after your cage of survival, if you survive that, you might have to survive a title defense. Like just something to even a tease that might not even happen. You know what I would have done? Just something to let the fans Masha know. run in. If, if- Masha run in. Blake goes out like a like a coward. Yeah. Like a coward heel. Talks a little shit. You know, blah, 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 at the ring. She comes out. She does her little pose, and that's it. But, I mean, if Masha's not going to be here, which I'm assuming which was the case, I think there was an impact taping, so that's why Masha can be there. But if you know that part of the story is not going to be there, then give him the fucking mic. Like, that's what I hated about the Blake stuff when he was first doing this heel character. He would just hop on and say the same shit, call out a different non-GCW name, like, come down here, but... I remember that. But it was like that, like... Get the fucking mic off of him. Get the mic off of him. Get the mic off of him. Now, if you're not going to have Masha and there's no way to do it to advance the story, 
put the mic fucking on them. Get the cheap heat, get the real fast, but let the fans know, hey, like we didn't forget about this story. Like, like I think he did meant like motion like to the waist a couple times. So I'm like, okay, like anybody could do that, so it doesn't matter. Like I really wish like that, that was the one time if Masha wasn't gonna be there and to kind of keep that story fresh and you just continue the whole storyline to keep it in the fans' memory and everything else. I think they should have let Blake get the the mic time just this one time only. Don't ever do it again though. <laughs> just kidding no. like, let him piss on the rug said, but only I've, one time I've always said I love Blake as a wrestler he's so good and I'm loving this character he's finding it this time and I'm so glad like I'm glad he's finding it because he is getting as you said Cardona heat and if that's if you're looking for heat you want the Cardona heat and he is getting it which means he knows what he's doing is being successful getting the crowd against him and I think he's doing an excellent job of it and like I said I know I went no mic, get the mic off him, but this is one I, I would have been okay with. I still would have booed the shit out of it, but I would have been okay with it and it would have made sense. That was the one thing I felt missing with this match. As you said, it felt like a filler match to make it not feel like a filler yeah. match, kind of be like, hey, a warm-up match. Some advancement well, of story. He could have been, yeah, exactly. Advance the story somehow. He could have been like, oh, this was an easy warm-up. Just think what I'm going to do to Masha after her cage of match survival. Like, just something like that. I think they could have quick mm. easy done but as you said i don't want to sit here and nitpick on something little like that that's no. just my one thing of it, instead of to get rid of it being a filler match just do something to advance some sort of story since you have one person there well blake did kind of threaten masha's you know just a little bit but that was really the end of it and i think that was more like a time yeah like, to his wife or doing the yeah that's why i think he said, hey, it's time like i think he could have done like just something on the microphone a little bit more if subtle that- if that motherfucker don't come in sneaky, take that belt and win it, it's going to be all for nothing that the last eight weeks he's been saying it's time. I'm thinking COS is the time. I it, I hope I hope so. I will say my prediction now that I kind of know the seeding and brackets of everything. I uh, I think I could see a possible way they could do a pretty cool thing. Uh, I'll mention it later when we do our TOS preview. Okay. Fast okay. Later. So... I'm going to stand by my word again. Nobody kill me. This was a 16 minute match. All right. It could have been about 10 minutes. Yep. Um, this match was eight minutes longer than the fire ass opening scramble. It was six minutes more than the Maki match we just had. And it was one minute longer than the gringo Vikingo commander match. That one gets we me. did not need. I know, right? <laughs> that one did not we need to be close to that time. This much. And again, this is personal opinion for crying out loud. There are a lot of fans of Blake Christian, dark Sheik. Actually, my wife, we talked to Dark Sheik quite a bit, and Blake Christian, I fucking love him. Just saying this match could have ended a little sooner and maybe moved it on to something else. Because, again, the three matches that I just mentioned, we could have put the time on those ones. Even the three matches coming up, too, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, divide. Two minutes on each, man. Two minutes on each. Number six, seven, and eight. I could have done it. Yeah. But another, uh, at least, like I said, that was the one takeaway. I got my moment. Got my camera time with Blake Christian flipping him off. Uh, I, I could be happy with that one. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. That's why I was whispering in his ear. Fuck him. I know you're getting ready to do the next one, and I'm just like. <laughs> Our next matchup of the evening, the sixth matchup, is a six-person tag team, a three-way match. 
as it is the teams of Bussy, Effie, and Alley Catch teaming with Mance Warner going against Los Macisos and the headphone wearing, which I loved, John Wayne Murdoch going against <laughs> the team of Jack Cartwheel, Starboy Charlie, and Titus Alexander. I was interested when they added these last those last three, Starboy, Titus, and mm-hmm. but I'm glad because like I've always said, I'm kind of getting tired of seeing Bussy versus SGC in some. Like those like four tag teams that did the Art of War, like they were kind of getting a little repetitive with the matches even afterwards. I've kind of wanted to see it separate. So adding this team in, that's where I'm kind of glad they did. But it just seemed a little weird when you got a bunch of hardcore people in and then you add a bunch of non-hardcore, Youth. yeah, young talent in the ring. So I was interested to see how those three would uh fit in. And this match did deliver. This as you were like, I was trying to think of the match. I couldn't think of it when you were talking about the scramble when you heard the fans saying, "Holy shit!" There's every actions everywhere. I was like, "Yeah, yes. man." I was saying that same thing during one. I guess I was thinking the Los Vecinos match, but I couldn't remember off the top of my head who they went against. I was saying that during this whole match. I was like, "There's action over yes. here. There's action right in front of me." Oh, what's Pussy yes. doing over there? Like there was action all over the place, in which we could always expect from Mance Warner, Bussy, and Los Vecinos. And this match was good. I actually very much enjoyed this match and it ended up being way better than I think it ever should have been. (laughs) Really? Um, Okay, so we haven't really been talking too many stories and I've been sitting here trying to like, okay, what stories? Number one, isn't a couple of times now I've talked to Starboy Charlie. Um, There was a story I was going to tell you here. Uh, We talked for a while. I said, listen, Starboy, I just, I covered the GCW Plant Podcast with B. We talk all the time about your character. I said to me personally, I think you're a stone pot farmer. And I think every now and then you just wander out of the forest and decide to kick some ass. And he's kind of laughing. He goes, listen, I am a hippie. He goes, the socks, the uh, necklace he has, the music. So I told him, I go, need some sunglasses. If you're going to do that hippie part, you need to cover your eyeballs. No hippie has uh, has clear eyes. Um, but I wanted to let you know, that's how he described his character. His character is primarily just a, a happy hippie. With oh, the denim now singlet. we know. With the denim singlet, baby. But yeah, the, <laughs> the, 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 dem- the denim, honestly, um, I asked him, I go, how in the hell are you resting those without your, you know, the buttons? Yeah, we were talking about that the next day. Yeah, and he said he said you just he's like you just deal with it, but half the time they don't because no one wants to hit it with like a like a you know like a a slap. It's a good defense. No one wants to slap on that, (laughs) correct? And no one wants to slap on that because it's going to hurt their hand also. So um, it's just like necklaces. I always worry that they're going to catch on something, you know. But it's not me in their wrestling. So Um, the other thing I wanted to mention here was. Well, gosh, there was a lot of them here. Jack Cartwheel, what a fantastic kid. I really enjoyed him a lot. It was the first time of me seeing him with blonde hair, too. Yeah, I uh, talked with him after one of the shows as well. Uh, as well that I just wanted to tell him because when I went to the AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night and they did the Ring of Honor tapings, um, he was in a match, like a six-way match, kind of like that, this one. But he, like, the people around me, I was here and like who the hell is that jack carter jack carter so good jack carter like who wow is this guy? i was like it's wow Car- i was like it's cartwheel and they're like oh so that's why he's doing a bunch of cartwheels i'm like yeah but the i wanted to let him know that the the fans like out of all the unknown talent maybe 
quote unquote bigger names with AEW, especially in that in that arena and that card, like him not being one of the most popular names. The crowd, like that was the one name I heard all the crowd talking about for his whole match. Like out of all the matches I saw on Dynamite that taping, his name was the one I heard the most. I just want to let him know, like, hey, just so you know, like whenever you think you're not doing it, you're not connecting with the fans. I was at Dynamite and I'm letting you know you were the name kind of coming out mm. of everyone's mouth around me. And they were talking about how crazy well you did. And I, after all the matches we saw of his two, there's one match we really, really wanted to see that didn't happen. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Oh, that one hurt. We couldn't get it. Yeah. I, I don't know how much to say about that. I wouldn't say anything just in case uh, well, we don't want to, we don't want to ruin the anything. Match couldn't go down. Yeah. Yes. The match just couldn't go down and that kind of stinks. So we had to have a different match for the main event and that's fine. But I think he elevated his status. And as we, we kind of know that something happened that week where his status got elevated for sure. And I just wanted to let him know that like, and I think out of all the talent I saw this week, like sleeper, he was probably one of the ones most talked about that I heard at all these shows during his matches. All these fans were like becoming new fans of his and talking about him. I just want to let him know like, Hey, you're out there killing it just when you're down on yourself and you don't think you're Keep connecting, going. you are connecting because I heard it around because that was awesome. And as we the next couple of days is end up being good for him too. So um and I just wanted to shout out Jack Harbaugh because I think out of the MVP for the whole weekend, they still have elevated his you. status. He's one of them. Say it. Thank you. You know what? Actually, I'd say if almost anyone came out of this weekend looking like gold, it was him. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's just everywhere he went, he was just lighting it up. Everything he does works. Um, yeah, I mean, we ch- we cheer cartwheels. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, you're 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 like stopped yourself. You're like, huh? Okay. So I guess my third one I need to mention real quick is Titus Alexander. I'm not gonna lie. Probably for the last nine months, year. Okay. I'll probably even say close to a year and a half. I've been watching a lot of Titus Alexander's work, and especially in the earlier episodes, I was really making a big think about the fact that I think he's a fantastic heel. He's got a good face for it. He's got a good look. His wrestling is sound. I really think that it's only a matter of time before we see him in somewhere like AEW. I don't know why, but I feel like he fits there. But I could see him going over to somewhere like NXT or WWE going through the system and working well. Again, he's got a good face on him and he's sound in the ring. It's it's hard to argue, but his his heel work, just the look he has in his face, just, you know, it's well done. So the reason why I picked him out too is I got a chance to meet him and he is just the nicest guy. I told him I was so thankful for him coming and I could see him perform live. I just said, thanks for coming to Vegas. Like, dude, I've been wanting to see you for a while and I got to see you live and you're just as good as I see on TV and I'm really happy I got to see you perform. And he's like, thank you so much. And, you know, we talked for a little bit and that was that nothing, nothing major actually. Okay. No lie. I had interactions off and on with every one of the people in this match. So it's not going to get, we've already talked a little bit about Mance. We talked about Bussy a little, I forgot to mention that Allie tried to run out in front of my car as I'm leaving the silver nugget. That was another part of the night that happened. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, this is all public stuff. So it's not like <laughs> anything that, you know, Ah, let's see. We got Los Macisos. The next night I had to go take them their goggles because Ciclope lost his fucking goggles. Uh, Miedo is cool as shit. Both of those guys are nice as hell. 
limited English. So you have to make sure you know a little Spanish or you just be, you know, like, you know, like I say, my name is and I would say mi nombre and blah, blah, blah. But some people, you know, you just say, uh, you just put your hand on your chest and say, you know, John Wolf or whatever your name is. And it's easy to understand easy words like thank you or, you know, something like that is is easily understood in other languages. So. I'll kind of get into the match now because yeah, there's there's fun there's fun stuff going on all over here. Los Macisos come out with Murdoch. Diclope throws a suitcase down the ramp. It's probably gonna get a little crazy. Ali, Effie, and Mance come out together and they hype out the crowd. They hype up the crowd a lot. We've got the Effie's Daddy chant, which I thought was a fun little chant. There was utter chaos everywhere. It's face versus face versus face. Um even even Titus Alexander is going over. Like I said earlier, I love watching him. Fantastic potential. I feel like we were really part of why he, or I was at least part of why he got over. I don't know how much you like Titus. I know you appreciate his heel work, but I know you're not like buying shirts or anything. Like, I you know, I don't think I've ever seen him out there with merch or anything. Yeah, but well, I what I meant what I meant was like. I don't think you're like, oh, I get it, John. Da da da. But I think you're like, okay, I appreciate the work. No, I think right. right yeah. I, I'm gonna probably uh, burn a bridge here for mine. I don't mean to be burn a bridge, but I there actually, are none. That's okay. all right. I actually yeah. think he's more TV ready right now than Nick Wayne. Um, he's got the look. He's got full control over his character. He's got mm, he, he yeah. plays his character so good. He's He's just as smooth as Nick Wayne in the ring, too. So that's where I think Nick Wayne might have the little advantage is he's the smoothness of everything. But I think right now, TV ready. Like, if you had to put one on TV, Titus is ready. And I I think he's excellent as a heel. I I enjoy his work thoroughly. I, I really do like him a lot, actually, like, as, he, as a heel. Um, I think he does tremendous work. And I think he's very, very, very... I think he's probably, right now, the next, like, can't miss. Like, him and Alec Price, I kind of put up there as like probably the next ones I've seen on TV are on like GCW hmm. that aren't on TV regularly or signed to like a big promotion. I think he's definitely is up there right now. So do you think the possibility of the maturity, like the look of the mature look, maybe are you thinking that Titus Alexander has a more mature look to his face, to his body? And what you're saying is, is chances are he looks more, uh, top of the you know ready whereas i would say nick wayne still looks like a uh older teenager well titus is also 22 so um so, so the age difference does kind of i make think it it's worse right? but yeah. I, just not even looking at age though i don't even if i didn't have to look at age i'd still put titus i think is more ready for the bigger league I, right now because i think he just huh. has full control over everything he knows what he's always doing. He always keeps his composure, always keep the game face, gets the heat whenever he needs to. Um, and he doesn't have to say a fucking thing to get the heat. Either. Nope. He his, just got to look. He's His in-ring's good. Him and Nick both have it's Like, they know wrestling. Like, mm -hmm. they both mm -hmm. know the little intricacies, the little details and little stuff that makes their character elevate to the next level. I just think Titus is doing a much better job. But I think, But they could be both, like... I think working as a heel maybe is a little bit, well, I guess trying to get the crowd behind you is probably a little bit harder than them to get to hate you. But Nick Wayne is excelling as a face. And I think if you just look on the other bridge of it, Titus Alexander's excelling as a heel. I think they're both, that's why I think they're both going to be like one of those lifetime feuds or 
always going to battle against each other and always have matches against each other um, in bigger companies when they both get signed. If they get signed to like the same company, I think they could have a rivalry as they grew up together as kind of like the next big thing. But Titus be like, hey, what about me? You guys always say Nick Wayne, Nick Wayne. What about me? I'm out here doing the stuff that I'm saying about him. I think he's, I just think he's a little bit more ready. But not saying like Nick is, I just think if I had to put money right now, my next blue chipper is Titus for sure. You know, I don't, I don't really think you have to even moderately defend that. I can see, I can see your argument making sense. I, uh, I can see someone from like the WWE looking at both of them and going, you know what? Yeah, that one. I, I see that. I don't dislike either of them. I'm just, I appreciate that you went that far in the, in the, in the brain, I guess. To come up with something like that, because that is a really interesting, like you pulled Nick Wayne into it. That's very interesting. Um, wow. <laughs> I guess with just I guess with just looks and also I'm not saying ability as much as I'm saying technically sound. I would say you would definitely want to give that to Titus Alexander. Yeah. Uh Wayne Wayne is more high flying, but again, what look wise, Wayne, you would want to put if you're trying to get young girls to come to the show. I think that's a good way to put it. However, all things being the same, if you're trying to get a complete wrestler or wrestler with a look or someone that you could put different characters on. Yeah. Titus Alexander fits that. I think it would be hard to see a heel Nick Wayne or, you know, it just, but Titus Alexander, we could see face heel Nick Wayne face heel. I don't know. Face. Uh, the, the only time I've ever seen Titus quote unquote work face was, I mean, he kind of started off Our a weekend. little bit. I'm about to say he start. He kind of did one this weekend too, where he was a face. But like, I think it was the West Coast Cup for West Coast Pro. Whenever he won that tournament and like became the champion, I think he is or something. He won like a tournament over there. But like, the crowd was behind him and cheering for him, and he was embracing it. Yeah. And yeah. then at the end, he won it as a face, and then he just totally went full heels. Like that's how you know he understands exactly what he's doing because. How fast he made that crowd turn on him, as loud as they were cheering for him. He gets his character. Like I just think he knows his character and what to do with his character right now. Uh, and more than Nick Wayne or any of these other quote unquote uh, young talent that we see. Um, I just think he's just more ready right now because he is so sure of his character, his self, what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and he's so smooth and good in the ring. I've never seen a bad match of him. He's fucking incredible whenever he. We've seen him like do these moves. I, I just think he understands the business good. And I think he has his futures like right now in front of him, I think. Mm hmm. Um, I just wrote here in my notes because I was I didn't want to forget it before. Um, When it comes to heel work, he doesn't have a knack for it. He has the knack for it. I, I think that's the best way I can really put it when it comes to this, because it's not like, well, you know, he's decent. He's kind of, you know, he's going to. No, he, he has a firm grasp of pissing people off and being a shithead. What gets me is that he's like Alec Price, where he's just one little snap. Like you said, he's just one little boop like that, and that's going to be a face. Yep. I, yeah, it, I, that's where I am he, in with he's, him. And, and that's where the magic of booking could take over at some point. And the best part of like his, like when he decides to like, he tells the crowd to move, move, and like try to think like he's gonna throw him into the crowd and throws him into the ring. Every time yeah. I'm like, don't move, it. don't move. Oh my gosh. Um. So, well, back to this. See, now we're our <laughs> conversations are getting into something a little deeper. This is fantastic. Um, chairs are being launched outside. 
Bussy and Mance were taking over once the weapons came out. Someone gave Jack pizza, so then there was a pizza chant. We we were a fun crowd. <laughs> Jack with the cartwheel onto a chair with Murdoch on his shoulders breaks the fucking chair. Tons of broken chairs everywhere. The fan with the bullhorn became annoying quickly in this match. Outside of that, I actually felt that he was helpful the other 90% of the time. Um, Mance ended up eating a superplex through a door bridge. Effie then hits a sack rider on Jack Cartwheel, and they get the pin. So the winner in this match was Bussy and Mance Warner. So a very enjoyable match, 12 minutes long. Felt like a scramble at times because the chaos was absolutely everywhere. Before I ask you a question here, um, what would you like to say about this match? What did you take away from it? I liked it. Like I said, I didn't think I didn't understand how Starboy, Titus, and Jack would fit into this, like with the carnage and stuff, because they usually aren't in these kind of uh, extreme style matches with a bunch of weapons and fuckery. Um, but they did good. I like how they kind of those spots kind of did stay to. Uh, Mance, Bussy, Macisos, and John Wayne, but um, I thought this was a good good match for all three teams, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I was a little skeptical, but it ended up playing out very well, and uh, I enjoyed it. Like I said, like the whole match live, I'm looking around like, where where should I look? I didn't know even know where to look other than, let's just look right close to me so that way I don't get hit with yeah. a piece of flying door or something like that because the, the action was everywhere, and that was fun. So... I'll go ahead and ask your question here. So Mance is due um, based upon this question. What happened to that Ric Flair tournament run that we were hoping to see? Not out there. I only brought it up because I just want to put it back in the atmosphere. I'd like to see a Mance run. I just, you know, I mean, yeah. Okay. Follow me. You put him on that microphone after he won that. Uh, what did they call it? That was the bunkhouse brawl. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Uh, you put him on the microphone and it's like Stone Cold Steve Austin sounding. Yeah, with Tony Savani. Like we could have independent Stone Cold sounding Mance Warner out there. Oh hell yeah. Give me a beer. Let's do the whole thing. It's not far off. He's got the accent. I mean, that's what I heard, and I went, Oh my god, we have something. We have something with that accent, with the, the whole shebang is packaged beautifully but GCW style. And I don't see why he hasn't used that and had a run because he could stone cold it just like Nick Gage if he wanted to. Well, then when the, he had the match against Moxley on Rampage, I believe it was, I thought that was leading into a GCW match between Manson Moxley for the belt. That was at the same time Moxley was oh, the champion. Yes. I, thought, I thought that was leading up to maybe Mo Manser being the next one in line to go against Moxley. Then he had that match against Moxley and Rampage, and that was it. Like after that, all like yeah. you said, he had all that momentum. That was it. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I've said that too. I thought well, they dropped the. I thought they dropped the ball, and it's way not not too bad. Like they could always go back to it somehow with Mance. He'll find a way to get himself that well, over that quick. He can't beat Masha for it. You know why? Because Mance is a face, and Mance beating Masha for the championship belt would not be a face move. So Mance is at least two jumps away. I do math like this sometimes. If you think about it, how can Mance be face and take that belt off of Masha without Masha being, you know, and that, that you know, that, that does take a while. So, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking he's two snaps away from getting that belt. It might be a little bit. Yeah, see, I'm thinking the Maybe. belt's going to go to, like, to Masha... 
into Blake, or it's on Masha. I think it's going to go to Blake. I still think somehow, some way, Cardona is going to take it off Blake. I don't know how. I don't. I don't. Maybe that's another way to turn the double Blake, fuck, baby. They're going to do Blake that back right to there. face too. That would that would be a good. No, move. I'm thinking he oh. takes Masha, and then all of a sudden, uh, maybe Cardona comes in somehow. And then that, I think that's Cardona, impossible because yeah. Well, maybe maybe Gage takes off Blake. Cardona takes off Gage, and then Gage at this point, I'm going to assume is probably going to be closer to being done. And like, hey, you know what? I got my got my MDK gang back here, my SGC. Mance, go get Cardona. And I think that would be fun. Mance and Cardona on the mic would be fun going back and forth with each other. I think that's a few that I kind of want to see. But that's where like to get the belt to Mance, that's one way I would kind of go about it. Where not playing hot potato, he could go go for a couple shows here and there. But I I just think that's a a way to still, as we say, go face healed, still keep it going back and forth. I think that's how we would get to Mance, but I think they dropped an easy opportunity with Mance and Moxley back in the summer. No, and you're right about that. And something I wrote here is that if Blake challenges Masha and loses, all that build and all that stuff with his character can just be completely blown apart. Yeah, so, that too. I mean, Blake's going to have to get this championship if he wants to continue to be a heat magnet and a true threat as a performer in GCW. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I just, I had to mention that. And again, he doesn't have to do too much again, just kind of does the belt move or just points at his hand. He, you know, it's all in his actions. Um, again, yeah. If he fails at the very end of this thing, he, he just he just blew apart his own character. What's he gonna do? Try to menace someone else that's probably gonna whoop the shit out of it? Like it's not gonna be good from here. So I'm really hoping it goes somewhere. And your matchup with John Moxley, I only think that didn't happen because they didn't have a belt, possibly, which I know Mancer probably would have taken a UV belt. Um or they had something else going on and maybe the Nick Gage run was incoming and they didn't want to mess up the long-term plans. I think, Mance, again, I'm just speculating. I'm, I'm going to go back to, I don't even know what TOS it was. I know it was during the pandemic and uh four was still around. When Mance won TOS and then like had to immediately face <laughs> Ricky Shane Payne, I, I believe it was like right after he just won TOS and, Ricky came out. I was like, "All right, here's your title run. Here's your title match. Let's go!" And he beat a mm-hmm. broken Vance Warner already and be done. I thought that would have been a cool, another good way that Vance could have got the belt. And at perfect timing was back then as well, coming off that TOS victory. And he had the look too of all being bloodied and blood just everywhere. All the momentum. Yeah, I think that was another dropped opportunity. If Vance was to be GCW title, that could have been another time he could have been one. Yeah, good booking can bring that right back because he's popular. And he, uh, I think popular he's man. good enough to where he can make it real easy. <laughs> make it yeah. real fast and easy, too. And I'll just reiterate it again, just in case someone hasn't had a chance to hear it. Um, another one that I think should have a run at some point and I think deserves a run as a champion is Allie Catch. I think she would be a fantastic pick as a women's champion. And we do have that challenge coming up with all the women so um i wanted to throw my hat in the ring and say i'd love to have my vote go to go towards Allie because i don't think anyone else in that locker room um as a female That's has not even done more than her dude it nowhere <laughs> near nowhere near um i i my rest my trade my case honestly yeah. there's no one near yeah 
There's no other way to say it. I mean, if you just look back on some of these tag matches, the formation and the um, championship reign as Bussy, that match with all the scaffolding where they had to go against the Bastards and Los Macisos and one, I mean, dude, I don't see another person's been putting their ass out there like her for a long time like she has. So anyway, I kind of got off on a tangent no, I there. I agree with but, you, though. I mean, I saw somebody as do like Mance. I'm going to say somebody like Allie as a single competitor, singles competitor. I think if there's a female to take it, it should be her. I, agree. I wouldn't yeah. even mind. Well, I know that. Who better? Gone. Who better? <laughs> All right. That will lead us into quite arguably one of the best matches I've Ooh. ever seen live. I will go out there and say that because I literally had like two mouth drop opens. I had one mouth drop, like I was in mid sentence. I stopped and just had to stare at the ring with my mouth wide open. Cause what the yeah. hell happened? But so the next match is a triple threat match. It is El Ijo del Vikingo going against Gringo Loco versus commander. And wow. Like, I know I hate, I hate saying like having not really a lot of notes on the Vikingo matches. Like I always just say, go back and watch it. Cause you're just watching. Go back and watch it. Cause yeah, I am watching it. And like I said, my words don't do it justice. You're gonna have very good words. It's gonna it's gonna do justice, but still you have no, to see this with not. your eyes. And this was an incredible match with some incredible spots and probably the one spot I, I don't think I'll ever forget because well, he's done it now twice now. Um I'll get to I'll go there, but yeah, this that this was an incredible match. I'll let you do the review because I don't have much to say other than incredible. Okay, so all three men were given huge cheers when their entrances came on. And I'm just kidding. The horn guy was also annoying on the entrances, too. However, when we gave all three performers a huge ovation, that horn actually helped. Okay, so I'll stop for a second for my notes and say, if you have a chance, once all three competitors come to the ring, you start watching there and you're going to see Gringo Loco start throwing his hands in the air to tell everybody, you know, like respect, you know, clap like you're about to see a badass match. You have no idea how much talent is in this ring and performing. Yeah, I can tell my voice is still doing his thing. <laughs> um, so if you watch that, you're going to see for the next 30 seconds, a beautiful, organic appreciation of all the talent in the ring and you see the camera zoom out and it's one of those gcw moments that um they they are remembered down the road and sometimes maybe they're even replayed down the road so that was what'll stick with me the most yep. is when i went and watched it back was how wonderful of a moment that was and how special it was for us there to be part of that because I mean, even when after that was, uh, you know, all the ovations were over, all three of them posed Yep. before the match even started. I'm like, Steph, you have no idea how special that is. Get pictures. I like, All of this is special. I can't remember a moment watching wrestling. Like the last moment I've seen the whole crowd just fucking lose their mind before anybody's even touched each other was Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryanson. That was the their first oh, matchup in AEW yeah. on... I think it was like the New York, um, the New York show. That was they were clapping and we were clapping before they even touch hands. You just know it was a fucking special moment. Literally, that's why I flash back to him. Like, holy shit, this is my version of that because I never thought 
that would happen before this match. I thought this would be incredible. I thought it'd be a great match. I thought the crowd would be awesome. But before they even touch hands, as you said, I think, I know the horn guy, if you're around the horn guy, you probably absolutely hate that we're saying this. I think he did a great job. Yes, he may, maybe went a little overboard, maybe 5%. 10% I say, yeah, I say 5% of the night, he might have overdone it. But the rest of the night, it was Help. perfect. And yeah. just like when they do it in AC, when you have the big moments, when they go flying off a ladder through the glass and you got that dead time to get that crowd cheering, that, yeah, that that uh, air horn was perfect. And I think the air horn was perfect for this occasion, this match. And I, I, I said that was the most memorable thing I will... I don't think I'll ever forget it was that moment when they got that loud of cheers before the match started. Cause I, like I said, the only time I've seen that happen is Kenny Omega, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson. I'm trying to think wow. like when you were talking there, I could not think of another time I've seen that happen even in recent memory. If ever, well, that's like, it was crazy. that was the re- that was the respect ovation. You don't get that often. Yeah. I remember. Okay. A very good example of a respect ovation is WrestleMania Hogan versus Rock. That before the match. Oh, yeah, I get that one, yeah. Respect ovation. That's, well, no, no, no. You know what I mean? I'm like mentioning something huge and obvious, but I mean, to be there live and it being that kind of a, you know, plus that Kenny Omega match sounds so fucking good, dude. I'm sure it was. It was great. I think that was the one where they went to the draw. I think their first match, they went the whole 30 minutes or whatever it was, and they went to a draw, but... The crowd just you could just see uh Brian just smiling and enjoying it because he's finally back and I was fucking first match back against Kenny Omega. How awesome is that? And then you see Kenny Omega try to keep the heel straight face and he's just like he breaks, he's like, I don't give a shit. But he's like holding about you can totally <laughs> see the smile coming in. Like that that was a special moment. But like, yeah, being there live and hearing it, like I I just remember like I looked up and I looked around, I was like this is nuts. They haven't even started yet, and the crowd is going this crazy. And I, I do believe the air horn, I think, helped out that spot a lot as well. Yeah. But I can yeah. see why people get mad, especially if you're right by the air horn. Like, I think I saw one person <laughs> kind of like, confront him about it, and he's just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you can tell me whatever you want. I'm not changing it. And I kept on doing it, but I I think yeah. he, he did a great job of helping the energy for this match specifically. Okay, so... I'm sure this picked up on the television also. GCW chance, Lucha chance. I'm with you in my notes. Please go watch this match. There's so much going on. The moment is truly special. Here we go again. After the first minute passed, we have another GCW chant. We have Gringo Loco chance. I can't, no shit. I stopped doing chance because I couldn't keep up with the chance in minute one. I mean, Anybody like I'm dead serious. There was that much love and respect going around that I couldn't keep up with just the chance. Like the crowd was, this is the part where Nick Gage was talking, where the crowd was really part of the show and stole it. Like that's kind of how it went here. Um, We didn't quiet down the whole fucking time. We didn't let up. And I'm actually proud of that. Like I feel good inside to know that we helped make the show better it pushed the performers we pushed each other it was beautiful um okay i'm gonna put it in the notes immediately i'm failing to write notes on this match because the moves and combinations of such are too much for me to put into words and have similar impact as to how you may see them things like a diving crucifix bomb it sounds cool but you have no idea how cool it looks so 
I'm just trying to explain that to you. No one was disappointed. Um, I also noticed when Vikingo or Commander is on the top rope, everybody's hands and phones come up. Like you can feel the whole crowd tense up when you're there live. There was a great, great spot where both men are on Gringo Local's shoulders and both get a uh, base bomb slash power bomb. Never seen that before. Same thing here. I wrote down a couple just for fun. There's Lucha Chance, GCW Chance, This Is Awesome Chance. Door comes out towards the end of the match, gets set up in the corner of the ring. Vikingo puts Commander through the door. Vikingo with a 630 splash onto Gringo Loco for the win. Our winner here, Elio Del Vikingo. Money showered the ring. All three men hug it out and pose for the people. There were crazy lucha chants. The referee helps the men pick up all the money as they fill up Vikingo's helmet. I think I watched the referee run away. You might want to check his pockets. I felt okay. Like uh, jokes aside, because I was just um, live. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about this down the road. I felt fortunate to see that match. Yeah, that, I felt that's the way I wanted to say it. Fortunate. How I felt after Speedball versus Coda. This is how I felt after this match like that was insane mm. that double base bomb when gringo loco had both of them on his shoulders that was the move that blew my mind at hammerstein blew my son's mind like that was the one, like my son just turned to me dad what the fuck is that like it's two people <laughs> on his shoulders like that's what's happening and then on this one and then don't it, say fuck <laughs> oh no we let him do that for the gcw we were doing oh, we we're saving right. yeah. it for the yeah. cardona for fuck cardona but like yeah. they said that i'm like oh geez you're not supposed to use that now you're supposed to use that later he says oh my bad i'm like it's all right don't worry about it but that <laughs> move was insane that i was talking to the my friend uh raleigh next to me as that move was happening and literally I saw at the corner of my eye, what was kind of being planned. I was like, hold on. And I turned and looked and literally when gringo had both of them up there, my mouth was like slowly dropping. But once he turned it into a double base bomb, cause I was thinking like it was going to be double hurricane Rana's or reverse hurricane Rana's. Like I thought that's what was going to happen, but to turn it into a double base bomb, that was incredible. My my jaw was literally on the ground. I just I just slowly turned and looked at him too, and we we're just staring at each other like, "What the fuck did we just see? Like, what the hell?" Then I think wow. I looked over at you and like had my hands on my head and like just shaking. I'm like, yeah. "What the fuck is going on? What did we just see?" Like, wow. yeah, this this match was one of those ones. I I left like, "Wow!" I I feel blessed to be able to see that one live. Like how I felt during Speedball versus Coda. I thought. That was I, I felt special just because I get to say I was there live to see it. I witnessed it with my own fucking eyes right in front of me. And that was one moment, one match. The moment at the beginning of the match, I'll never forget. This goes up there in one of the top matches in GCW history just because of everything uh, that happened before, during, after this. This was an incredible match. I Like I said, I don't have notes on this one. I, I kind of hate not having too many notes on Vikingo matches because as no you said, I'm too, too busy in the moment enjoying it and just in awe of everything that he's doing commander's doing and of course none of this most is possible is possible without gringo being the base that he is and putting helping the 
commander viking go do all the incredible crazy shit they do this was insane and this was my friend i took this was his second gcw show but the first time seeing commander like i remember i showed him clips once commander first got announced and i was going to that show in december i showed him like yeah i get to see this guy and so i was showing him clips He's like what the hell and then like during this match he looked at me <laughs> he looked at me at the end and like hands clapping he just looked at me like wow i'm like i told you <laughs> like how do you feel about seeing your first vikingo match he's like that was insane yeah no i you know what? I'll still tell you that you were you were over the moon about it, and I'm with you. The best Vikingo match I've seen to date was his AEW debut against Kenny Omega. That's I went back and I've watched seen. that three different times. Like, yeah, I went back and watched it one more time that night, and then the next day I went back and rewatched it. Like, that was you talk about one. You have one chance, your first time on yeah. American TV. Yeah to make a name for yourself against probably the biggest wrestler of the world, and you have this much hype behind you, he did not miss a single fucking spot that match. Nothing. You know, I felt like that was my brother out there. Like, I had that much investment that I wanted him to do well. Yep. And then when he did well, it was like I took a breath, and I'm like, he did it. It was so awesome. You know, like... I tensed up on every move before it happened when I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But then you got to pray. I think about it till now. You got to pray mm-hmm. that Kenny Omega knows where to be in these spots and can catch him. Because, like, we've seen that one where he's on the top rope and does the imploding 450, gets caught and mm-hmm. turns it into a Hurricane Rana. Bot. Like, that spot needs so much on the base. The Kenny Omega, the Gringos, the... the Gringos. The Gringo Locos, the all the people that catch the spot, like that's the most important spot of that movie. Did you say the, the Gringos? Thing. I know I said the Gringos. You talk about my people <laughs> over here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said like I go back, like Eminem song played in my head. You got one shot, one opportunity. You yep. let it slide, or you embrace the moment, and he fucking killed. I've, I've I felt so happy for him because, like I said, he's doing the most in, incredible moves, the hardest shit anyone is doing in wrestling right now. And he hit 10 out of 10. It was incredible. It was great. And like you said, that's the one match I go back to too because it was so perfect. But GCW-wise, this one might be up there. Even his, him and Speedball was awesome too. But I don't. Th- I think being there in the energy that was there for this match was way more than it was for Speedball versus Vikingo Collective. And that's saying something. Wow. You, you left me without saying anything. <laughs> Damn, dude. Um, hmm. What is there? I go don't, back I don't and know check what it. is there really say, dude. If you don't yeah, have Fight go. TV, sign up for a free seven-day trial. Go check this out and go check out all the other That's GCW stuff for a week. Go check out FSW for a week. Go check it all out. But like I said, like even if you're afraid of that $7 a month, sign up for the free trial. This this one match is worth the $7 to watch on TV. Like I, I, I Vikingo is just hitting home runs left and right in my opinion and i'm just so happy as you said like like so happy to see it happen because like you see it in his face like during this match him and like commander you see it in their face even commander with the mask you see them just smiling and enjoying and gringo like yeah you see this guys like this could be all the time here just stick with us here wow wow yeah i'll uh yeah that was the co-main event is that how they booked that i don't remember if they didn't book it that way, that's what obviously it felt it like. It was. Like, yeah, if it was. It felt yeah. like that. And obviously, going into the, the main event, which we'll cover next, it was that was incredible. Like, if this wasn't the main event with a bunch of glass and shit, I could see that match being the main event. Especially on the West Coast. Like I said, they kind of cater the Lucha stuff to the LA, the Vegas now, it seems like, which I'm mm-hmm. glad. But 
Um, yeah, that was one of the most incredible matches I've seen, especially in person. Dude, I um I would have flipped them. I love I love my ratty. I love you, Masha. I, I love them both. They know I love them both. I would have flipped this. That's I think that's how I would have done this, man, because I mean, look how special the end of the night would have been. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. You know how we would have came out of this place, walking out of this place? That such a high. Yeah. I but, mean, but of course, you have to clean all the glass up. Uh, so yeah. It's not easy to, to do that. And but. I don't want Vikingo rolling around in glass, sorry. <laughs> like, oh, and the fact that Yamashita and Ratnik actually did a good job. Oh, yeah. They killed so, it too. Yeah. And yeah, and the title match. So, I mean, it's not like they didn't blow it out with the title match at the end of the night, which I thought was cool too, because it's not often that title's defended in, on GCW TV. Yeah, especially with Rena so. still in Japan for the most part. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me wants Ratty to have it because I would like to see it um, used more on GCW TV. Also, I'm a Cole Radrick fan, so I would like to see him have that belt. If I'm correct, back that title back for Cole Radrick. He He's never been it. ultra violent. He lost extreme extreme. Yeah. See, and that's the again, title that here, legit is lost by Joey. <laughs> see, and then that's the, here we are again, where that extreme versus UV. Yeah. Fucks me up. Yep. That's I, where maybe we should have a, I don't know, an international title would be kind of cool to say. Um, I, I don't know. I hate, I hate saying this every goddamn time, but you know what? It really bugs me. Tony Deppin, um, speedball, all these people that are so quality, they need something to chase after also. They shouldn't have to cut themselves wide open to have a title. I think there might be something coming down the line. I heard a, awesome. I heard a okay, little okay, rumor okay. that something might be coming down the line because the extreme belt is legit lost by Joey. I don't you know. You've got to be fucking kidding me, really. Scramble. Okay, okay, okay. Or that's anything just, else? Yeah. yeah. So. So okay, okay, okay. I'm just uh neither written near right. future. Just something but... just something you may have heard. Just yeah. something you may have okay. I heard okay. something's in the works there. But I'm letting I'm that not... sink in. I'm yeah. letting that sink in <laughs> No, seriously, I'm thinking about it because those belts overlap each other. No, I that's was we've been saying this. I'm a podcast big fan. I, I can't honestly tell you. I'm a I'm a big fan. I can honestly not t- I mean maybe glass is the separator, right? That's the only maybe thing UV I can think of. Ultra- Dude, I don't that's the literally the we're only confused. thing I think we're the of, biggest yeah. cheerleaders for GCW and we don't really know too well. And um, yeah, that that poor guy, I, I feel bad. <laughs> only Joey and Jericho. Um, <laughs> all right. So, oh, wait, you didn't even open this match up yet, have you? We've no. Just been talking. Yeah. Uh-huh. OK, so is there anything else we should talk about before that match? We, we get into this last match and all that you're thinking of? No, I like I said, I, I, I know I don't have much else, but go check that out. I, I, you guys cannot check out Fight TV enough just for that one match free, or if you have it, $7.99, check it out because it was definitely well worth the $7.99 at most. And that leads us into our main event. It is for the GCW Ultra Violent title as Rina Yamashita defends the belt against Cole Radrick. And yeah, I agree. Because this is for the title and the death match and the glass and these two absolutely killed themselves and delivered in this main event too. I'm glad this was the main event because I always like having titles, no matter the title, pretty much being in the main events if if there are titles. Just because I mean, story does affect it as well, but I always like seeing the main events always be title matches, and I'm glad this one was. And as you said, it was nice seeing the ultraviolet title back in the United States with Rena because. He doesn't defend it too much out here. 
And like, I, we don't know like this. We talked long time ago. We talked about this. Like, it would be cool if she is defending it out there to get a little update, get a little clip, get a little Twitter two minute social media video of the clips of the match. Something to put something together. Yep. Put something together. Show it during intermission. That too. Like something that idea. could be done. That was the one thing I really loved about this show too. There was no intermission. As a fan being there in person, there was like no intermission at all. I could have used one more shit ball match just to make it nine, because usually we do nine matches, because I felt like we didn't go three hours. Did we? Uh this show I don't think we did. 247. 248? Yep. Oh, 247. <laughs> I was so close. No, I just I was wondering about that now. I'm like, huh, we could have thrown just a little I mean, 20 minutes would have made, made us three hours. Yeah, for sure. The average. Um, and the only reason I'm saying that's because I think people are starting to realize Vegas is a major market uh, for GCW. I, and um, we need to respect it. Respect us, bitches. I think after this show, yeah, we definitely earned a couple of shows next year, hopefully, because the crowd was per- like perfect for the whole night, I think. It was energizing. Higher night, like you said, like the crowd earlier in one of your notes, the crowd did not let go. It did not stop either. And this main event was crazy. Um, I actually saw my wife during these main events because it goes up and <laughs> we're safe. And when I know the glass comes out and I, uh, my friend actually left early too, before this match, he had something to go take care of. So I had like two empty seats by me and the guy behind me uh, actually like right before this match started, like he tapped me on my show. Like, Hey man, if any piece of the door comes by you, can you grab it and give it to me? Like, I'll pay you. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it, bro. No problem. But then I was like, Wow, I got these two wow. seats here. Like, why don't you and your I don't know if he was there with his friend or dad or whatever, like whoever you're here with mm-hmm. like, yeah, why don't you guys take these two seats? They came up and they enjoyed it. And you saw like the look on their face. And the entire, cool. like, holy shit, that glass does come flying at you. I'm like, yes, you got to be careful, man. Like, it's crazy wow. out here. And uh, I actually saw him the next night at the FSW versus GCW, too. I was like, hey, it's not going to get as crazy as it was last night, but the action will be good. And they're like, oh, OK, thanks for the heads up. So it was kind of cool seeing a death match with two people for the first time seeing it in the front row, seeing how they were reacting to everything uh, was fun to watch. And yeah, green and cold definitely delivered a lot of violence. Um, yeah. I, as you were talking about Cole being kind of messed up, he definitely took a lot, oh, a lot of crazy bumps and glass during this matches uh, as well. So that would explain Cole's health at the end of this match. Yeah. So I don't know if it came on recording or not, but I was, I was in the back parking lot. I'm like, hey, yeah, and we, I talked to Cole a lot. I'm like, Cole, how you doing, man? Do you want to come over here and sit for a minute? And he turned to me in the, about as slow as you can. And the only way I can remind it is it, like the only way I can say it is like Frankenstein. Like he was that stiff. The kid put everything on the line th- that night. So what you are watching is really him pushing it hard because after this match, dude was stiff as a board like he was in real pain and um i just the next day he was in real pain also and uh i feel for him he's really out there killing it and busting his ass for everyone so um rena did not take as much damage she was still able to talk and walk and and uh give hugs and stuff but yeah i mean you go back and look at it cole really cole really got it bad in a couple spots and uh I didn't know how bad it was until I talked to him and then I went back and watched it and yeah, he got screwed up pretty good. So, all right, we were primed. The The fans were primed for the main event. It was obvious before the match even starts. We have dueling chance of let's go Rena 
Ratty Daddy. Let's go, Rena. Ratty Daddy. All right. So just as we usually have the ultraviolent and all the hardcore matches, I do these a little different for anyone who's never done it before. But I like to give a minute by minute on this one because there's generally so much going on and highlights don't really they don't really capture everything. So to the best of my ability, I'm going to take out the wrestling portion unless there's something amazing. And I'm going to kind of give a blow by blow of the weapons that happen to go down and get broken in this match. So minute one, we have light tubes broken from the beginning. Minute two, Rena smashes a tube over her own head and starts eating the glass. Two busted over Cole's head. Rena starts cutting Cole's head on all sides of the ring. Minute three, a slam from Rena and a curb stomp into the glass. Minute four, Yamashita thrown headfirst into a light tube bundle into the corner. Minute five, Rena now getting cut on all corners of the ring with a light tube from Cole. Minute six, Cole sets up Rena for a fireman's carry into a Death Valley driver onto a door bridge on the floor. Minute eight, Rena slammed down onto a bunch of light tubes. We have huge ratty daddy chance from that point. Minute nine, Yamashita hit a DDT on Cole onto a glass tube. Yamashita with a belly-to-back suplex into the glass. Minute 10, Yamashita goes up on the top rope and eats a glass bundle to the face. Superplex onto the glass below. Rina dropping herself onto the glass again. And Cole is now too. It's like two five-year-olds one-upping themselves. Minute 11, this is awesome chance coming from the crowd. Ratty fails to get a three count minute 12 rena chance now coming from the crowd the cole uh cole grabs a huge bundle of tubes and places it on rena she moves and grabs his nuts instead ratty tries to do the same to her i guess she don't have nuts rena answers with a bundle of tubes over cole's head followed by a chair to the face minute 13 cole caught a tube in the face and he started covering his eyes i was legit worried about him for a moment um it just it didn't look good for a moment. Uh, GCW GCW chance from the crowd. Minute 14. Cole puts Rena through a pane of glass with an air raid crash. Rena goes nuts and kicks out at once. She tries to rally but gets knocked down again. Tubes are placed on her chest and Cole's senton bomb onto the tubes. Cole's head is cut really bad at that point. Rena chance. Rena, Rena. Minute 15. Cole heavy punches on Yamashita onto the mat. Yamashita falls with two knees to Cole's face. Minute 16, Yamashita gets a glass tube busted on her head. Rena using her own head to bust tubes onto Cole. Cole kicks out at two. Rena, air raid crash onto a glass-covered chair. Cole kicks out again at two. Minute 17, crowd is crazy. Ratty daddy, ratty daddy chance. Let's go, Rena chance. Minute 18, Rena was powerbombed. Rena powerbombed Cole through the glass pane. Minute 19, Rena drops Cole into the broken glass on the mat and covers him for three. Our winner and still the ultra-violent champion, Rena Yamashita. That's as thing. good as it gets, my friend, right now. <laughs> only only 19 stutters in 19 minutes. Not bad. No, it was an incredible match. Uh, the one spot I really liked, too, near the beginning when Rena went to, like, Try to forearm and bust the light tube onto Cole in the in the corner, and it wouldn't break. And she yeah. finally like fuck it, walked away, Fuck's smashed it, it yep. smashed it on herself. She's like I deserve this. I couldn't break it. I thought that That's was good. that was a Self, fun little self spot. punishment. Yeah, and she's 
she is always crazy in uh these death matches and I'm interested to see what happens with TOS. Um yeah, I'll go into that. We'll do the preview after this one. But yeah, I thought this was a good match. I actually thought maybe this was setting up a Cole winning to maybe set up Rena for TOS to possibly go against Masha the next night. Um and I, I don't know. I, I saw Cole with the JC Bailey pants and I was just like this is it. This is going to be a special one. Cole's going to pull up the surprise victory here. Um, but yeah, as you said, I think Rena barely took any damage, but Cole took all of it, which was pretty crazy to see. Um, and yeah, this was this was a good death match. I don't know, like your 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 minute by minute plays hit on everything, right. and it was it was good. It was a good match, and I thought even after the Vikingo uh, Gringo local commander match, I thought this definitely hit and the crowd was all behind this match as well that was one thing i was a little scared of going into this match but i knew once they saw the glass the fans would uh deliver and they did and rena and cole delivered and kind of glad to see rena do keep the belt but as you said i am a little disappointed not seeing it defended out here a little bit more that's why i was kind of thinking cole might be winning it here but uh cole will have another day in the sun you know and also rena yamashita is treated so well in vegas by the fans you know, yeah. her first win was here. This win over here. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm i trying to put it. Yeah, that was her first I don't, win. I don't have another way right? to put it. Um, last year. Her, last year, you're right. Okay, so I think this was, I will, I'll forget who it was that was saying it. But someone said that Rena was emotional backstage uh, after this, that match from last year. And I guess she'd never beaten a man before. Yeah. I think was what the, yeah. And then I guess she was completely like utterly blown away that she went over so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it could have been the way GCW hyped it up. I don't know what it was, but I've, I'll honestly tell you, we really pushed the, our little section over in that area that year was really good. But I feel like the crowd was just pushed again. And I think we just pushed the shit out of her. And it stuck really well. I don't know. I don't know. It's just we adopted her and just loved her from the first second that the bell rang. So, I mean, she's never seen a boo in her life from GCW, from fans, GCW fans. Yeah. So, and when she does, she's like, great. She, she plays it off due to the crying, like, oh, are you guys sad? Here, here's another light tube. I think it was like her and Casey, she maybe got a little bit heel that night just because the AC crowd was behind uh, Casey Catal. I honestly can't say enough good things about her. One thing I will mention, um, since Steph, my wife, takes all those pictures, um, she has so many faces she makes that when she takes pictures, all of them have a funny face in them. Because if you notice, she's always like, oh, uh-huh. blah, blah, and stuff and sticking her tongue out and shit. They make for some fantastic pictures. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're, they're really good. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the... Uh, that's the entirety, but yeah, I'm running through 19 minutes like blah, 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 But you know, how about you take a pane of glass to the face? And right. you know, I mean, that would that would be something you remember for the rest of your life. You know, Cole's already forgot it. It's fantastic <laughs> how people work like that. I think that was a great way to end off this GCW lifestyle from Las Vegas. I, uh, as far as Vegas cars go, this was my funnest one of. I've ever been to in Vegas, no, no doubt. That's my fourth one, I believe, in Vegas. Fifth, if we count the BXS show, but that by far, the whole event, the crowd, the energy, level size of the crowd. Yeah, the to level talent, getting to see Zack Sabre for the first time, getting the death match finally. 
uh seeing the three luchador it was crazy like it was just i know we always go memorable moments the whole thing was a memorable moment because it was an amazing night amazing crowd amazing show and gcw hit it out of the park and i think i hope that the vegas crowd show that maybe we deserve more than one big card a year maybe we could get a second here uh coming up down the line that they're by the end of 2023 but who knows before we head into memorable moments you want to kind of do our quick little tos stuff or you need a minute on that one no actually you talk to me about it and we'll just talk about it i don't have it maybe you know what i can grab it real quick so see if i can grab it real quick here just uh tos on uh on fsw or fsw (laughs) gcw stuff real quick here and yeah i can i can grab it uh i saw what you were talking about with uh los macizos yes you know what Uh, you just you just wanted the green man out of it huh I, I wanted that to be the finals. Thinking. I wanted Ciclope Miedo in the finals. I know you, uh, I think it was during that match, I liked one of Ciclope's tweets because he put out like, six years ago, this was me and Miedo, like at TOS. Like, that was it for me. That was my first connection to the CISOs. That's what I wanted this finals this year to be, was Macisos in the finals with one of them winning, but... Uh, with the 12 competitors this year in TOS, they are going to a, a triple threat first round. Yeah. So the Wow. Tw- yeah, that was interesting. I, I was wondering how they do it. I, I don't mind it. I actually kind of like it. I'm interested to see what's gonna, what it's going to look like. So the TOS field looks like this. It's Rina Yamashita. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name. I never heard. i never seen this one before. Tomoya Hirata. Or, yeah, Hirata. Uh, number three is uh, Toru Segura, four is Joey Janela, five Sawyer Soya Rick, six Casey Kirk, uh, seven John Wayne Murdoch, eight Ciclope, nine Tremont, ten Miedo, eleven Green Phantom from IWS, and number twelve, which I thought was a pretty cool addition from New Japan, El Desperado. El Despi gets uh gets to bring his violent ways to GCW in America with TOS. Um, the first round matchups, they are, like I said, triple threat. So they are Rina Yamashita going against Sawyer, Rec, and Casey. And then... Wow, all, all that's that's for women's? That's going to be fucking sick. Yes, that is going to be nuts. Uh, the next matchup is Desperado versus John Wayne Murdoch. Oh, well, we'll go through our winners here as we do it since I know it's getting late and we don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, who do you got, Rina, Sawyer, Casey? Oh boy. Okay. Uh oh shit. If she'd stick around, Casey Kirk would be fucking cool. Rena's already she already has a title. I would I would advance Sawyer Rec. Yeah, I, I think like that's her a, smart a lot. Way to Safeway as well. Her her uh, most hardcore match was the first one I'd ever seen that we spoke yep. of. Uh against Kirk, wasn't it? Brandon Kirk? Yep. Yeah. So uh she has that in her arsenal. If she wants to go wicked violent, she could. So <laughs> um yeah, I'd like to see Sawyer Rec advance between those three. Nice. I I'm going for Rena. I, I now that I yeah. know that Ciclope yeah. versus Miedo is not happening, I kind of have a second option here. So I'm gonna go Rena, and I'll explain why here later. Uh the okay. next match okay. <laughs> is El Desperado, John Wayne Murdoch, and Tremont. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one too, man. That's um. I don't want to see anything. Here's here's what's go. wrong. Look at you. You're like all like you're ready to go now. Um, here's the problem. One, two of those are like the tanks that you generally carry through the tournament. Yeah, you know, like Murdoch and Tremont are the ones that like 
Draymond made they're the finals. Always deep in the tournament. Last yeah, year. they're they're always deep in the tournament. So, <sighs> but let's just have fun for the sake of having someone out here we haven't seen, and he may be incredible. El Desperado. I'm I'm willing to give him a try, and I love Tremont and Murdoch. Like you know, I love yeah. Tremont Murdoch. Ah, uh, yeah. I gotta to strike lose. them down. And well, you know, this is how we find people like Commander. We gotta try someone. So El Desperado is. Uh, I'm cool with it, man. I've never seen him before, but I'm I'm down. I'm down for someone new. All right. Uh, what about but, you? Oh, I that one. <laughs> Fuck, that's a that, that's a tough you one. You tried to you tried to skip out on trying. I totally that, forgot. Uh-huh. I was trying to get the next one ready. Um, I I want to say Des- El Desperado too, just because I don't want to see him just for one match. I if you're bringing him out here, I want to see multiple matches of his. So I would root for him, but it's tough rooting against Trima or John Wayne Murdoch because jeez, that's <laughs> that's a royal death match royalty you're talking about there. Yeah. I, I see a lot of a lot of people uh, like in my group chat, and I see online too. A lot of people rooting for Tremont. He seems to be the popular favorite this year. Um, huh. what an interesting talk. Um, if there's anyone that I'd love to see walk all the way through, who better? Okay, uh, let's go through our stuff. But after that, let's predict our finals match. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna go. Yeah, not winner, but you know, I mean, like, well, we could do winner if we wanted to, but. I um, have a whole thing on the way. I have a whole storyline. I I would like to see. Okay, look at you. All okay, right. so where are we at again? I'm sorry, no, I got good. lost here. Next match is Segura, Hirata, and Joey. Joey. Yep, I'm the same way there. I, I, I'm so sorry. Joey. I don't know why. I don't know why, but Joey. I think he would pull well. Segura is something else, but I would see him pulling the most out of Rena. Yeah, and I would trust him with Rena. Yeah, and he seems so. to be like diving. Like he's really looking forward to this. He's like, yeah, like eight years ago, I had one of the most memorable death matches ever, and putting my toes back in there. Uh, last first round matchup: Miedo, uh, Ciclope, and Green Phantom. Okay, so for this one, I'm gonna try to go with whom I think would be the most violent, and I would say it's Miedo or Ciclope, and then I gotta go with who has the most. Who's I don't. Who has the most personality? Because it is a personality game in wrestling. So I would go with Ciclope. Yes. I, I'm, I'm going Miedo there. I, I, yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't know, man. That's tough. I love them both. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's so tough. There's no winner. There's no loser. I'm sorry. There's no loser between them, honestly. If two out of three of the guys win here, I'm happy. Ciclope is a tough one, too. Like, I, I think I kind of like Ciclope with the death matches a little bit more. Miedo's good with extreme and regular. Like, his match can speedball for that VXS GCW shows. Incredible to see. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Miedo, though. All right, so on your four, you have Sawyer, Desperado, Joey, and Ciclope. Mm-hmm. Who is your winner? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. You know what? I would put uh, Sawyer versus Desperado. No. Damn. Damn, John. Okay. <laughs> so I think when all is said and done. Well, we don't I know put... about the second round matchups anyway, but like out of those four, who would you pick to win? Because I don't want to do the matchup because, like I said, like, we don't know, and they kind of just kind you know of what? that on the fly. So out of those four, who would you like to win? As he gets older, I think now's the time. It's like planting a tree. There's only two times, yesterday and today. So I would go Joey Janela for the win. No shit. I, really? we, every now and then, we need a GCW OG to put it down. Just for me, That's and that's my reasoning. It's not much. Yeah. It's just for every now and then, it's like watching Sabu or the Sandman. You know, they also have to win still, too. Yeah. That's just, just my thoughts, personally. 
So my final four was Miedo, Rina, Joey, and Despi. I think my winner, uh, who I want to win is Miedo. I want Miedo to win it all, but in in my final four, I want Miedo to win. But here's my booking, and here's what I'm kind of hoping now, since I don't get that match, the one thing I'm looking forward to now. I think Rina's going to win. Okay. And that's going to set up title versus title at COS, the Cage of Survival. Now, this is where I think Blake comes in and screws over Masha. Where he just takes that belt off of her because oh wow and still, and still keep it on Rena oh damn dude okay that's next level booking that's some good shit right there that's where I'm kind of leaning towards like a Seth Rollins Brock Lesnar and the WrestleMania Roman Reigns where there were Brock and Roman or didn't win but the person that had the money big like they don't have to win so that's where I'm thinking me or. Rena versus Masha set up Cage of Survival. They have a crazy just brawl. Literally, Masha like hits her finisher, and then Blake just comes down, curb stomps, picks the victory. I think that's a good way, well, bad way, I guess, if you're a fan, but a new way to start off, kind of a new beginning. That's kind of going to be their new home. This uh, was it, the terminal, right? Is that what it's called, the terminal? Um, I will trust instead you of the carousel that. room. I think it's called the terminal <laughs> instead of the carousel room. It's just like. I, I don't know. I like think a good oh, way you to know what? a memorable moment for their first night there. I think that would be a cool way, even though it's the most hated guy in the building. I think it'd be a cool way to start off the the new run in the new building. I need to uh, maybe I need to get a hold of Scott or someone and see if maybe they can get me some sneak pictures of the place. There's a couple pictures already out there. It is oh, okay. plain as shit. It's like white walls. That's it. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Looks like a big giant warehouse with white walls. It's oh, someone well, said it's a blank canvas for them to produce their art and leave their mark. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Because it's one of those things where um, they could do a lot. I mean, they do have lighting. They do have things where they could turn it into something. Fingers crossed. It's not just, you know, four walls. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. I'll, yeah. I'll, we've, I'll, we've seen that before. I was trying to study the picture if I could find it, but it didn't not look impressive at all. Like there is no. Listen to me, Lauderdale tapestries we need (laughs) we need tapestries um no i don't know i mean if that's where they're going with it that's where they're going with it and i'm wide open to it because if that's where gcw is being taken you know um do you remember if there was a question and answer on capacity is it equal to greater or lesser capacity than the carousel room i don't think a single person has asked that no i haven't heard anything yeah maybe that's a patreon question uh yeah that's why i'm wondering if maybe it was asked on patreon no i didn't i haven't seen it on patreon that's for sure okay okay that that's just something i was like hmm yeah uh i'd like to God. yeah i mean every now and then an original has to win i'd love to see joey do this if gage can take a title i think uh joey yeah man i got joey yeah i feel I, confident I w- in that yeah that's a, like this is like when I was going through it, I'm like, man, those first round, like we got to lose Tremont or John Wayne. Like we got to lose some big names. I hate that's what I don't like about the first like the tournament. Like, like I love the tournament, but like I hate seeing someone go like during a regular tournament. You could throw them all in a scramble later and just cool. You get to see the matchups you want to happen for like five seconds in the scramble, whatever. But it's got you can't have the death match come out into a death match scramble. <laughs> OK, no shit. You know what? It would have been fun with this would have been elimination first round eliminations so it'd be a three-way someone gets eliminated now it's one-on-one that'd have been awesome oh yeah the think about it you know matches. Rena sawyer casey kirk and then what 
Casey gets knocked out. And now it's Rena V Sawyer. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like elimination. Uh, that'd be cool for the first set of uh, the first round. I'm actually looking forward to now. Actually, just going. Okay, back. I got one. I got one. Don't kill me. This would be cool as shit, right? We have this right here, okay? And we have our winners. And this is this is weird, but the fans get to vote two losers to advance into the winners bracket and keep going. I know that's fucked up though. I gotta. I've always tried to find a way to make brackets or tournaments awkward. And one of the things I thought would be cool would be to allow the fans to pick whomever it is that's a loser to wild card back in the tournament. I thought they should have done something like that when they were doing the GCW settlement series, like when they were finding all their shows. Like, oh, yeah. Do like a Taboo Tuesday. <laughs> like you're running shows okay. on Wednesday night anyway. Like just do a fan interactive uh, online social media voting. My my thought process with those shows where I thought that they were going to use those shows to try out new things. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like all oh, these shows. They kind of started off a little bit. Why not practice? You know? Yeah. Now we made all those jokes about the fucking lodge and now we don't go back there anymore. <laughs> I don't see a moose head. Well, oh yeah. JCW will be uh, going on this weekend as well. Forgot about that. Yes. Jordan depending against Bam Sullivan. You know what? I have yet to see what's on that card. I hope that card's good. Uh, Alec Price is going against Jimmy Lloyd for the Battle Bowl ring. Oh boy. That was a ring I was telling you about. That show was that show was actually fun. Like that was one of those shows they turned into a pretty cool concept that I really liked. And we were just talking about that like weeks prior too. It was it was pretty funny. All right, enough about TOS, sorry. I decided to get the TOS no, no, in before. No, no, no. But TOS coming up, I want to do a quick little TOS run because I know uh we're running. It's out worth of time talking here. about. It's worth talking about. And I think by the time this comes out, most people will be pissing their pants ready to watch this tomorrow. Yes. Yes, yeah, so yeah. this will be released probably a couple hours before TOS, so you could enjoy this podcast leading Fingers right crossed. into TOS. <laughs> we got this, dude. We got this. Yes. We've been doing this quite a few times. We got this, man. All we'll right. Do I'll do my memorable <laughs> moments first this time because yeah. the whole fucking show was a memorable moment. I honestly, I just had fun. That's where that action. came from. That yeah. was the whole fucking, you're like, yes, I'm going to go first. I'm going to do the whole the, damn show. That's what I was doing. He did the thumbs, the whole, guys. He I did, did the, the RVD. The whole damn show was fucking. <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, this was the best Vegas GCW show I've seen. Um, one of the most fun ones I've seen in a, in a, in a long time, too. Like, not long time. It's been up. Like, I've Collective was fun. The last couple, the LA show we went to was fun. December was fun. Like, it was up there. I put this up with one of my favorites of uh, GCW shows that I've been to live because uh, Vegas, A-Town, they killed it. Uh, the talent killed it. The death match was crazy. The way they booked the Nick Gage, SDL, Maki Ito stuff was perfect. I loved that whole booking. Um, just a fun show. It got to showcase a lot of Vegas, Vegas talent, which is awesome. And... We had technical, we got the comedy, we got, it had every, this was a show for everybody. Like there was something on these shows. It was a top tier GCW show. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It was just amazing. Um, I definitely check it out. Fight TV. Fun show. Sorry. I ran, I lost my words. Cause no, I, was just thinking, I was trying to think of another word, but I couldn't think of it, but incredible show. <laughs> I, I gave it a 9.5. Like uh, that's how good it yeah, was. I, I, there was like maybe two things I would have done or I would have had it done a little differently, but that's just my own booking. That's 
he hit 95% out of what I would have booked is what Brett did. So I'm not complaining because it was a fantastic night of wrestling. Well, I don't, I don't want to take away from anything, but I actually looked at the card and the only one soft spot was at Sandra Moon. And like I said, after we kind of talked about it a little bit, just for a moment, Viva Van would have been an excellent spot for that. Um, would have good, would have been a good upgrade. And, um, Last time on the dark sheet, Blake, is what I'm going with. I want to ask where Las Vegas ranked so far this year in attendance. Yeah. Real attendance. Not, not, in the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not fire code attendance, like real attendance. Like, you know, who's standing out back at the barbecues, not in the building? That's or, what spot you know I what didn't mean? go like, this year. That's how busy I was inside. I didn't even go outside once. Like, I just dude, looked out there. I'm like, oh, they got food. Okay. So if I get hungry, I could go get it. Like, that was it. I never I'm going to miss one thing. I'm going to miss one thing there, and that's those stinking, terrible bacon-wrapped hot dogs. They're terrible, but <laughs> they're good enough that I like them kind of thing. I'm like, oh, man, now they won't be there. I'll be honest with you. You know, just fast forward four years, we'll probably be back there for GCW stuff. So, you know, that's the thing. Number one, WWE 2K23, I have it now. Oh, yeah? Oh, there's so much GCW stuff on there. Um, if you follow any of the stuff on Neo. Twitter, I don't know if I noticed. Did you? Yeah, Neo. Neo's I've got one. it all. Oh, He's does it look shit. good? Too? And then Martyr or Marty, I think is his name, is the one that works with Neo. They're fantastic. Yeah, I like, see them. Absolutely fantastic. That carousel room, the Ukrainian culture. They did one for Vegas already, too, That which was crazy. That's what I was going to say. Oh, they're sorry. working really hard. No, they're working really hard on the... Uh, on the room there and i'm kind of concerned because i don't know where we're going next year or uh or later well i'm wondering because fsw is moving from silver nugget you know that right they're going back to samstown uh it's it's samstown or silverton oh yeah they used to be at the silverton too yeah they used to be at silverton a lot oh Um, yeah never mind yeah samstown they kind of burned up yeah so i heard nothing i don't know anything about um (laughs) um, no 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 i actually don't um, So, um, so I'm wondering if next year we won't have that sweet ass venue or maybe fingers crossed. That's the Las Vegas venue, you know, with the shitters in the background, men and women. (laughs) I love it. You know, it's like, that's where you wink. It's like totally like the British thing where you have the restrooms and the sign blue sign, right? (laughs) Hey, you know what? I should talk to Neo about getting like one of those, uh, different venues, uh, one of those. One of, those British, one of those British, one of those British, who did we have? Who was the ones that were the British ones? TNT. Yeah. Love to see him do the TNT stage. Like, cause that was actually kind of cool. It was mostly just a television screen. Yeah. That would be cool if somebody knows what they're doing with it. Yeah, um, he has to put out some good ones. I saw like, I don't have that game yet, but I, if you say I there's really a lot of GCW, getting. then I might get it. Bro, tons. Just so your wreck alone, there's like three or four of her. Oh, wow. Like it's everybody's on there there's a couple i can't find but i mean like all the crazy ones are out there too like the outside of the the gcw world there's quite a few of those out there too so if you wanted to bring in some of the older talent from gcw that aren't there anymore they're all there interesting they're they're all there because i like you know me i I like some of the old matchups kind of thing so yeah like grab some of the older gcw people that aren't there anymore and i you know throw some matchups together but they're all there old and new i don't want to say all but there is a lot there old and new i mean you can get two three different effies you can get quite a few alley catches i mean like off the top of my head those are there for sure 
I got Joey Janela, three, four Joey Janela's. I mean, no shit, dude. Santa Claus, Ronald McDonald, they're all on there to wrestle. It's great. It really like I have had so much fun. And then after that, I've been downloading all kinds of arenas. The arenas <laughs> are fantastic. Well, people redo like WrestleMania arena. Yeah. So, so I'm like, OK, cool. Like I'd ha- I like to have number whatever. And no, but um, NJPW background. I saw somebody, man, they were devoted. They did all the old NWA uh arenas so like some of them were held at a football state or like a a stadium some of them were held in a studio and they did each and every one and there was like eight or nine of them oh wow and i was like damn not only that but they spent the time to put in all the old characters so you can get action mike jackson in the 80s (laughs) on there like he did all of it like that so um yeah, there's some real good work out there, and I haven't had a chance to make my own character yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. But I think there's one or two characters I looked for, or performers I looked for that I didn't find, but I'll just make them myself. So I'll have to check it yeah. out for sure. Yeah, man. Um, how about this? How about if I see you over tomorrow, you can jump on the shit over here and check it out, man. Nice. For free. For sure. Yeah, just come check it out. And then uh, are you any good at Madden? Uh, not against people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like i'm really good, I'm good. On it's a computer when they don't have to think yeah yeah i am i do okay like i said if we get you over here or whatnot um we can mess around with some stuff that's good that sounds like a tos so, day yeah also i have uh i have uh some claritin in case the dogs get you because <laughs> i know i know luna and lucy are going to be all over you that's fine i'll take the nose we'll figure it out <laughs> oh yeah um yeah, so my memorable moments, we were getting to those. Give me a second here. So um, let me go ahead like this. GCW, GCW talent, ownership. After one full year away, welcome back to Vegas. You know, we've been missing you. Our podcast has been screaming at the top of our lungs for the longest time. Please come back. We love you. Please come back. And you came. So guess what? Thank you. We rewarded by coming out in droves and supporting the product in full. So now back to the rest of the show here. The chaotic scramble with an Alec Price feature was awesome for me. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Oliver was a solid wrestling match, especially for a number two on the card. The organic flow from the Maki match to the Cardona match I thought was fantastic. The chaotic six-person quote-unquote tag match with Bussy Mance as the winner. The Kingo, Commander, Gringo, Local, Triple Threat match and all the emotion that came with it. The bloody main event with glass everywhere. And then lastly, my memorable moment is just being there. Just being there was absolutely fantastic. This was the best live show I've been at in a very, very long time. This was the best card I've seen from GCW live ever i have been to la this was a fantastic crowd and also now b i know why you said compared to la las vegas is a more laid-back crowd you know how you were saying las vegas is a little more laid back um i get it now but we brought it pretty good at the vegas show it's just we didn't have any people needing to be kicked out there was, uh, there was that one one person came and sat in your seat when you stepped away for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they had to tell him to get out or. Yeah. Oh, oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not dropping no. any names. <laughs> no, no, no. She's, listen, I know. Um, every time we see her again, we say this, but 
if you ever hear a loudmouth woman like yelling at the wrestlers, like rah, 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 like that's her. Just a single woman just giving the wrestlers shit. That's her. It is so entertaining. It is so fun. We try really hard to sit by her if we can because we like raising hell. She raises it on a complete other level. She takes it personal, not like personal, personal, but she takes it personal and really gets in on it. So, um, so yeah, uh, Steph had said that she came over and sat in the seat and Steph really don't care. She was keeping it one for you. Yeah. And she knows Steph, she knows she don't have to say anything. She knows I will. So (laughs) she knows Steph don't have to say anything. And, um, it's, it's her. I just sit on her lap and then she'd get the clue that it's time to get out. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I just go over and laugh and ha ha and we do the thing. That's yeah, it's all good, man. I I love my people. My people love me kind of thing. And then, I, you know, yeah, no, that was the only uh, thing I saw. No shit. It's all love. It was funny. I was like, it's oh, all love. I was like they're going in a seat. They're going to sit in a seat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. It's just like you guys. If you guys needed to sit in my seat. You sit in my seat. Well, you know? and actually, and when I needed to, I'd come back. Before I gave those two seats away, I was actually going to call you and Owen over. But I'm like, I don't want to leave Steph alone. Then I go and call you and Steph over, then leave Owen alone. But you weren't too far no, away. I get anyway. it. We caught up afterwards. No, I get it. All right. Well, that is it for GCW's Lifestyle. Fun show. And I believe the next show we were going to cover did happen the next night. The FSW versus GCW show. Uh, probably be a little bit on the lighter side since it's a lot more local talent going against the gcw talent is what i'm assuming i'm trying to give you a little bit less work there john <laughs> with the review no 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 no. actually actually i'm gonna finish up that review tonight okay. i don't know what time we're gonna record it honestly yeah. you know me the sooner the better um you know if we can pop it out so it doesn't look too late compared to these next two because the next two is gonna be right up our ass yeah that's why i think um, we should do that one and then quickly cover tos and cos but we'll figure it all yeah. out yeah yeah, I can. Well, I can quickly put together FSW and GC. That one had a lot of interesting stuff. What I can do is be loose on the play by play and more about the feeling, the place, what each match was about, how it breathed, so on and so forth. Um, yeah. And I'm going to talk a little bit about FSW. Um, I want to at least a little bit here and there because, um, you know, FSW is a good place and uh, it's it's our place in Las Vegas for wrestling. And like I said earlier, um, it's the biggest place. It's the premier place. And that's why GCW does business with them when they come out to Las Vegas. So I will be talking a little bit about FSW just, you know, to try to give people a little bit of background about it because we know about it. Uh, we're not going to make half or even 25% of the show about it. I just, I have a couple things I'd like to say because I think they do a good job. And also like we talked about earlier, DeFalco treated us really well. And, um, we had some fantastic seats, man, right in the middle, smack right up front. We literally could just reach our hands out and damn near touch the ring. Steph was in love. All of her pictures didn't have a rope in it half the time. Like she was so happy. My son survived his first ever uh, Nick Gage entrance. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yes. Was he happy with that? Yeah. Yeah. He was just good, like, good, what good. the hell? They're like, everyone going crazy. He's like, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, that's time. that's good. That's going to be a fun show to cover, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll get that one. I'll get that and finished up so we can finish and get that one all done up and wrap it up. I, it, I, it's it wasn't a super long show. It was about as long as this two and one. a half hours and uh, what? Eight, eight or nine um, matches. matches. I forgot the matches. 
it's not going to be yeah it's not going to be huge each one of the matches Seven. on average were i think it was low. three three uh, and then one okay okay yeah um each one of the matches weren't exceptionally long either so yeah i don't have to think about that um i do know that hammerstone really wanted to be did you see him go over the damn rope trying to stare me down in the main event at ffwgcw2 no. Oh, when oh, he dude. was talking about shit about GC, uh, talking shit about GCW. No, no, no! In the middle of the match, oh no! Uh, he came over the ropes and he was staring down over the ropes at me, and I'm just like, geez, <laughs> dude, And then another time, he goes to roll up Joey, and he puts his middle finger at me. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I actually saw Hammerstone backstage later. I'm like, dude. Did you hear me? Like, do you think you heard me say something? He's like, nah, you were just the biggest, oldest one over there that looked like he understood wrestling. So I figured <laughs> I'd work off of you. Nice. I'm like, well, that's, you know, honestly, that's, a you know. And um, there were a couple of the FSW people that I told them, like, man, you need to get heat. Yeah. Get heat off of me. So anyway, though. <laughs> I think I think we did it. I I'm talking about the next show. I'll I'll leave it for the next show. <laughs> Give us. I've talked a lot too. So. All right. Well, everyone out there, enjoy TOS COS. Um, expect more content coming out from us. Now that I am on summer vacation, I don't have any more wrestling going on this weekend. Oh, we do got a lay though in two weeks. But other than yeah. that, uh, I have a wide open calendar and nothing but time to cover these shows, play catch up, have fun on the podcast. So uh, expect a lot more content over these next few months before school starts back up. That's for sure. And then, yeah, we're working through the summer. We're going to get um, video, pull the trigger on that here sometime soon. I have to also get a new microphone sometime soon. So uh, we're going to do it. Yes. You ready to do summer. this, man? Let's send them out of here. Okay, you're ready to go, man. All right. Oh, I'm just dancing. <laughs> oh, I thought you had to pee. I thought it was ah, no, no. All right, man. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll wrap it up right here because we got a lot of talking to do on this next. <laughs> All right. Long, Long live, live. Oh, we're gonna get G this one day. G C. -C oh, you're fucking up now. I thought uh, I had to. Ah, oh, GCW. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>